Turkey hunting is one of my favorite things. And one of the key tools I use for turkey hunting is the Onyx Hunt Map. I use it incessantly when I'm hunting turkeys. Being able to find a new piece of public or gaining permission on private opens up opportunities for gobblers. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you this spring. Use the code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt. You'll find more birds this season. I'm telling you, I rely on Onyx Hunt. When I'm hunting turkeys, it is an invaluable turkey hunting tool. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. Yeah, Steve, they're very comfortable, they're very fashionable, and I enjoy wearing mine around the office and anywhere I go. Stop by your local Tacova's store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacova's.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the Meat Eater Podcast coming at you shirtless, severely bug-bitten, and in my case, underwearless. We hunt the Meat Eater Podcast. You can't predict anything. Presented by OnX Hunt, creators of the most comprehensive digital mapping system for hunters. Download the Hunt app from the iTunes or Google Play Store. Know where you stand with OnX. I'll tell you what I think Rick lies about. What? Now that we're recording, Rick, uh, Rick here says that when we kind of like pitch them, sell them to, to, to female listeners, yeah, that it doesn't work. No, I think it does work. I think, I think that he maybe, uh, doesn't what? seal the deal. No, yeah, it works on our end. It doesn't work. Yeah. On his yeah. End. You guys are doing everything you can. You can. I just have a real hard time believing it that we could say here on this show, like, here's this guy, Rick, nice guy, drone enthusiast, um, drone pilot, and then say that that he's open to all comers, all female co- women. No, no, that's not the right word. <laughs> he's open to all. He's I'm open to like, any. I'm he's <laughs> open to. I'm pretty. Yes. Sure, I'm pretty sure about about five, five, five minutes before we started this whole that's podcast. That's not thing. what he meant. I think I said, ah, let's not talk about that. No, I know you No, didn't. no. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you didn't no, want to talk. No, but you, you said it in a way where like, I, I was like, Rick, we're going to talk about it. And you're like, okay, I'm cool with that. He said that he knew that we, we would. Yeah, I yeah. knew you would. Yeah. He's, he was just saying that. because So nothing trickles in. No, I get some, uh, I don't know. I get a few Instagram messages. And then what do you, how do you vet them? I mean, there's not a lot of vetting. Maybe I respond. Most mostly don't respond. Are you on any uh, dating um, applications right now? Yep. Rick Smith. Yeah, but I mean, how many? 
Like ten, ten, ten. How many? Bumble, how many? I don't Rick like. Smith, I, I mean, how many Rick Smiths could be running around? A lot. Oh, there's, dude. There's probably like a dozen in Bozeman. Richard Smith. Really? That's pretty common name. Pretty. Common. Yeah, yeah. So people can't go find that. You know what probably is happening now? That I think about they it. Just get lost in the. I think there's so many Rick Smiths that we we plug you. I don't think say you know you're a nice enough guy, and uh, that the women all come. To find you, but they wind up marrying other Ricks. I, Ricks they want to marry other Rick Smith. That's probably that's probably what happens. <laughs> well, eventually, all those Rick yeah. Smiths will be married up. Yeah, Rick, <laughs> yeah. Rick. pretty soon they'll be like, "God, there's you know, got to be there's got to be a single Rick Smith out there somewhere, yeah. and, they'll, and they'll find you." Yeah, Seth likes this line of inquiry as much as Steve does, which is saying oh. a lot because this is Steve's favorite thing in the world. Oh, you know, because here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. I've been married a long time, so. When I got married, there was no, when I was like single and dating, there were no uh, applications. It was analog. You had to dating do, apps. Yeah, you had to. You do had it. to go like talk to talk to. You had to go down to the bar. Yeah. So you couldn't just sit there, you know, and be flicking through people. So I'm interested in, and I'm, I'm very interested in, in people who are having this experience that I was never able to live. Yeah, I mean, I think it's not as cracked up as people, you know, people that are in committed relationships that look look back and be like, "Oh, I wish there was a digital dating app when I was dating." I, I think it's, I think it's not that helpful. Creates laziness. Yeah, it's just a weird. It's hard <clears throat> to tell from a picture like how people are, like whether you're attracted to them or not. So you end up going, I, the, yeah. the, "What?" There's a lot about a person that doesn't come through on a photo that is instantly uh, like you're aware of when you meet the per- person in like a, a real setting. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know that this conversation is going to be interesting um, to our listeners, but uh, I, I'm sure I, I really the- do not agree. I could tell pretty much everything I need to know. Well, because I look at what they're doing. No, but it's all curated. False and advertising, man. False advertising. No, because I oh. look into their, I look into their eyes. Wow. <laughs> and I can tell May, okay. whether they all like that, it. I told you, you so can drive if, my Tinder. You can set if my profile. I was, you can do the whole thing. If I was on there, and uh, what well, you can be. Well, no, I'm, I mean, let's just say for, right? I mean, for me, heaven forbid. Let's just say I had. Let's just say factors <laughs> in life led me to have to go beyond there. I would look at the pictures, and I'd be like, oh, this person's fishing. And um, I'm like, oh, what, you know, I'm attracted to him. But what then, if that was the only picture of them fishing? Well, no, because then I would, I would, I would look, and I'd be like, I can tell they really like to fish. They seem like a nice person. That's that's very possible. And You'd I be would, like, by God, that gal's got split shot underneath <laughs> her lip. <laughs> <laughs> she keeps her waxworms in her lip. Yeah, and I know. <laughs> and I'd click. Uh, I'd swipe. Yeah. What do you do when you want them? You swipe right, left. You don't uh, even know. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh. I mean, <laughs> I'm done talking about it. Yeah. Our two guests tonight. How did you guys meet your wives? Normal. Yeah. I kind of regret <laughs> that I uh, <laughs> that I didn't uh, you know See ya, have yeah. any of those dating apps right away. You didn't. No. But you were around. They were part of your generation. No. How old are you? Like I'm 28. <laughs> Yeah, dude, for sure. Rick's yeah. twice Cute as old as, a as you. Yeah. No, I already knew her. Like when I was, I don't know, nineteen, I met her. So, oh. but you still uh, weren't 
you didn't you weren't participate in the tinder situation? no and like right after we started dating tinder came out i'm not gonna lie i was a little tempted to just make one to check it out but it's so, it's on you met your it. wife at 19 doing yep. what being in college she from the farm and ranch world no no and you met her in college yep stuck with her yep how long you been married four years now is it going good oh yeah it's great has she threatened to, has she gotten mad at you and acted like she doesn't want to be married anymore she gets uh, dated yeah. from 19 to 24 i uh, guess that seems like a reasonable amount of time yeah okay yeah. okay sorry about your name danny morrison married four years yes sir sean you bet sean weaver just married just married married like, into the farm and ranch community married into the farm and ranch community Four months ago. Dream so. Dream Weaver Creative. Yes, your company. sir. Yep. That's your company? Yep, that's right. Travel around doing video stuff. Did you marry um did you marry her just because uh of the land? Yep. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I I always say that I'm the guy that everybody hates because he played way above his pay grade. Meaning like if I knew you and hung out with you, I would I would uh, oh, she's way I'd too be like, hot oh, for me. That's yeah. all there is to it. I'd be like, oh, he'd probably, you know, and I'd be, then I'd meet your wife and I'd think that there was a mistake. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Still think there is. Like she should have swiped left or <laughs> yeah, <down>. whatever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Uh, tell everybody where you guys live. Uh, I live in Volga, South Dakota, which is by Brookings, South Dakota. And I live in Britain, South Dakota. And you guys met in, in college. college in a real trashy rental house yeah i like some of the stories you're talking about that you uh good south dakota story you live with two muskrat trappers can we talk about this yeah oh yeah oh yeah live with two muskrat trappers one was a big weed smoker yep and one didn't like to smoke weed but they like to trap muskrats together yep yep yeah it's interesting that's a team it's a good premise of a little film and they didn't just like casually trap muskrats it was like all day, every day. Oh, yeah. You said they stacked them up. Oh, yeah. They had like five deep freezers going with muskrats. Did they get, you said they got about 800? Yeah, that winter, I think. Yeah. And that was during that little mini muskrat boom that was a few years ago. Yep. When prices shot up. Yep. Uh, my buddy was telling me like, what are you saying? They were getting like eight or nine. My buddy was saying like muskrats out of Horicon Marsh. He was getting like 18 for big, big rats. I'd believe it. It was crazy. I mean, our one roommate like went and bought a brand new mud boat with a fancy, you know, surface drive motor and all that off muskrat money. Really set him up. Oh yeah, Mus- yeah. Muskrat no, he bought colors. it to go get more muskrats, or he bought it. Well, he bought it with muskrat money and used it to go get more muskrats. Can we talk about what later happened to him? How he became paranoid. <laughs> well, or no. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay. A little bit. That he thought, <laughs> but it brought up the question we brought up here before. Just lay uh, the foundation of the paranoia. Yeah. Maybe. Well, it's just, it brings up this interesting thing. Uh, do people that smoke a lot of weed, like, I think that smoking a lot of weed made you paranoid. Like, yeah. it made you think the government was doing stuff to you or whatever. Or, yeah, right, or that right. there's aliens hanging around, whatever. Right. There's all the things that weed smokers like to do with their time. Yep. Uh, 
But my brother one day brought up, he's like, no, I just think that there's the same kind of guy that likes to think about aliens and likes to think the government's out to get him, um, likes to smoke weed. There could he be truth to that. He could have gone both ways yeah. on that deal. Hard to know. It's yeah. like the chicken How and do the you, egg. Yeah, you know? a lot of people, I think, like all of the above. Yeah, he's like, no, I like to think about aliens. I like to think <laughs> that the government's out to get me, and I like to smoke weed. And that's, but I, I wonder if it if it's caught if it, if it causes it. Smoking a lot of weed makes you like aliens. I think there's probably a level of weed you can smoke to actually get real paranoia. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right? It's like or a, to get it to become an alien enthusiast. Oh, well, yeah. Maybe you were just an alien enthusiast, and then you smoked a lot of weed and became a professional. Yeah. Someone will probably send in, because we didn't <laughs> have a correction. You know, I've been talking. Like, I, I, I got to throw in a quick correction. that uh, a, a listener sent in a, a study that proves that um, gluten intolerance is not, in fact, a partisan ailment. Mm. I'd always thought it was a thing that strikes people on on the left, which made me always think it was a weird sickness. Like, how many sicknesses are... All the the snowflakes just... Well, maybe they're just more vocal about it. Yeah, Yeah, but in fact, gluten intolerance can, in fact, does, in fact, strike both sides, left and right. Because it's a real thing. They actually did a study on this? <laughs> yeah, they asked people, like, you know, whatever. You, you know, ask them about their politics and ask them if they had gluten intolerance. And it turns out that right-wing people can get gluten intolerance. <laughs> I just think they keep quiet about it. <laughs> That's because they don't want to admit that they have some sort of, uh, you know. Because it's viewed as a partisan condition. Oh, when I hear it, I'm like, oh. Right. Oh. Disappointed about like, Hillary Clinton, are you? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just know. I just know. But like, uh, like, like place, oh, I'm gluten intolerant. I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't know. A place like Italy, which they're all about their wheat, and they have like a whole gluten-free deal because people really are gluten intolerant. Well, I'm pointing out. I don't want to dwell on it. Yeah. I'm just pointing out a place where I was wrong, and I just wanted to clarify the connect correction. Yeah. Uh. Now I want to move on to you blowing your two toes off mm. with a shotgun, right? Yep. Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, me and a few buddies were out hunting geese in a wheat field. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and we were uh, in a layout blind uh, kind of a deal. And Wait, you were in your own or you were all in? No, no, no. No, we're not all in. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're playing that game where you try to see how many people can get in a layout blind with their shotgun. Okay, so all layout guys. blind... Oh. Is a coffin. Think of like a coffin yeah. with doors. With doors, right? Um, and uh, the doors open. Uh, ba- basically, like your chest from the tip of your head to the in between your toes is bisected, and you erupt from this coffin in like a semi-laying position. Yep. Yeah. To a great try job. to shoot birds. That was really good. And the back, there's a little bit of backrest that gives you a little bit of a pitch because if you have powerful abs. <laughs> And you're used to doing sit-ups, it's no problem. But if you have unpowerful abs, you can just be stuck. You can just be stuck. I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. sell springboards where you yeah. pull a lever. No. Yeah. My, no. Grandpa, no. my grandpa got one. Yep. <laughs> Loves it. It's an old man. Thing. When he comes up, because he used to always be way behind, be like, dang it, Daniel, we gotta we gotta get a new blind. I wish they made one that spring and I see one, and I'm like, oh, I'll order that for him. 
So, yeah, you did a great job, but we should probably set the stage a little bit where explain the situation where you'd use a layout blind, whichever you guys want. So, yeah, you're out scouting for geese. You see them in a wheat field eating. You're going to go out there, put some field decoys out, uh, and then lay it out. There's a lack of cover. Yeah, yeah. Which means you cannot hide. hide. Right. Well, sometimes you use it when there is cover, like on a fence line or something like that, or in like a kosher patch. That's pretty effective, too. But uh, let's say you're out on the wheat field and there's nothing to hide in. In this scenario, there wasn't. We took the straw up, gather it up, kind of fill in. They've got this little straps on the side. And you just. Little elastic straps. Yeah, you make it look like maybe you're like a little hill, your blinds are. Yeah, you try to have a gradual slope. Like a gradual. Yeah, you don't want to hard anything. So you might brush in the edges and stuff. Anyway, so. uh, And then the, the birds come in. Yep. And they get real close. Yep. Their feet come out. Yep. And you they guys, get all excited. I know you guys feet. call them their boots. Yep. Yep. They boots got the boots down. They got the boots, boots down. down. <laughs> or to the boot bags. Yep. And then you go, take get them. Yeah. Take them. Shoot them. Kill them. Whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and everybody pops up. Grandpa throws the spring on his thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that like a push button? How does that work? It's like a lever you yank. Yeah. Yep. And does a it- spring shoots you up. I'm so now you don't even need to have, now you don't need to be able to do any sit-ups at all and you Zero. can still hunt goose yeah. up. Does goose. it need to be calibrated? I'm really worried about him. Did Grandpa end up on his heels a couple of times? <laughs> 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 Daniel, <laughs> wind that thing down a little bit. It's coming a little hot. <laughs> so there you are. You're out in your layout blind. You blow your toes off. Well, let's not, we're jumping ahead here. Mm-hmm. So group of geese coming in. With a few buddies, mm-hmm. and uh, it's probably like 20 strong, and you know, I'm just getting amped up. It was my first year in South Dakota. I was like, oh, yeah, man. Never really hunted geese much. Brought up kid. where? Uh, Louisiana. Where? Shreveport, northwest corner. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, geese are coming. So you rest. Did you, did you do a lot of hunting and fishing down there? Yeah. A you, lot. Grew up, you grew up with it. Yep. A lot yeah. with my grandpa and my dad. Yeah. So. Your grandpa's still down there, isn't he? Oklahoma is where he oh, lives, okay. and he lived there at the time. Did you guys go down south to catch crayfish much? No, but I did work for a crawfish catering company. We boiled up crawfish and brought a trailer they around. They have specific See, that's catering not kind of the same crawfish. Thing. Uh, no, it's not, but we received bags, and they cut up your arms when you handled them and all this stuff. But. Did you guys uh, hunt ducks down there? Oh, yeah, all the time. Did you fish gar? Uh, a little bit with a ski rope. Did you fish redfish and whatnot? Uh, a little bit. Not much, because it was like six hours away. So none of the coastal activities so much? No, not really. Did you guys fish catfish? Oh, yeah. Flatheads, channels, blues. Squirrels? A lot of jug lining. Uh, squirrels, absolutely. Rabbits? Still do. Rabbits, yeah. With mm. dogs. Still okay. hunt rabbits. That's what I want to do, man. So it's there fun. you are. You blow your toes off. All right, so... Laying there, geese are coming in. So the way fresh out of Louisiana, yeah, fresh out of Louisiana, all still pretty southern accented, freaking out over the geese coming in because I wasn't used to hunting Canada geese. Anyway, so the way the gun lays, there's a bar in front, like in between, probably about at your knees, and then there's the feet in front of the bar, and so I had the shot. Your feet, yeah, the feet being the yours. feet being mine, yeah, and uh, so you like rest your shotgun on there. And as the geese are coming, I slip the safety off early. Yeah, it's getting ready. Yeah, I'm getting excited. They're about 20 yards away. 
And then uh, I yell, take him. Gun goes off as I <laughs> start coming up. And then I just boom, boom, shoot two, all excited. Hold on a minute. I know. The gun goes off in the blind. So I thought in my head, I, okay, you just don't, I didn't know what was going on. I was so excited about the, the geese coming in. Just blacking in. out. Blacking out. Still do it sometimes, especially with archery. That's just, it's tough for me. Anyway, so <laughs> these, <laughs> these, uh, so anyway, so I come up and then I shoot two geese and I'm like, something feels weird, you know? There's some so heat and pressure. You're, 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 I, I want to dwell on this a minute. Yeah. You're so excited that your gun goes off in it's your not, layout blind. It's not in the blind. Like the gun's in the blind. Well, okay. So you lift weird. So you'd the lift barrel's the out end. of the blind. Yeah. I lift my, my, the back end of the gun. So I envision this as the barrel. Yeah. Lift the back end. Yeah. Gun goes off. Boom. Pivots on feet the bar. Here. So the tip of the barrel goes down towards your feet. Yes. As, you lift as I'm lifting the When I say the in the blind, I mean not aiming it out at the geese. Right. And yep. you were just, well, I still got two left. I didn't <laughs> still know. Still got two rounds yeah, yeah, left. I just kept going. Adrenaline. At man. what point Adrenaline. did you realize that your toes were gone? <laughs> <laughs> well, I... Uh, Thank you, Seth. <laughs> I, uh, so, goes, yeah, I feel... So that night, I'm getting undressed for bed. <laughs> So I'm feeling a little pressure, a little heat, and I'm like, dude, something's wrong. So I look at my buddies, and I, then I realize what happened. Stand up, freak out, start running around on it. And I was like, dude, I don't. I, I remember saying like, I don't. I think I just like kind of grazed him. Like I think we can keep hunting because I was so excited to shoot geese. Oh, my buddy's you, like, no, dude, you're to, you're you're. There's a hole in your foot. So uh, did you get any geese with the two shots you shot? Yeah, I, I believe I doubled. No. And my friends say I did. Oh, they did. But more probably out of sympathy than anything else. Yeah, yeah whatever. That's a great story. <laughs> the, what, kind of boots, what kind of boots did you that, have on? That is my question. What kind of I boots? I had tennis shoes because it was the August early season. <laughs> oh! <laughs> uh, that doesn't help. And my buddies always so said, said, very... said, if you would have had steel toe boots, man, yeah, but you'd be just fine. steel toe boots? I don't think you would. The thing would have crimped. And, You're out there you with know. sneakers? Yeah. What yeah, kind of but sneakers? this was very noticeable if it's sneakers. Oh, yeah. Like, like bottom blown out. Did you save that sneaker? No. Should have. Let's see the toe. And so you only lost two? You want it, your wife like you want it on the table? How, how did, yeah. you Does your around? wife like this foot? Okay. She likes that foot? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh no shit. My wow. God. But you got a good hunk of the foot, Look at that too. thing. <laughs> no, but what's Well, great? so how? Here, we got to explain that. How does the big, big one big and the third one look yeah, we'll get a good shot of this. The yeah. Folks who are interested, that is check interesting. And uh, of course, you can follow. You can so find it on Instagram. Let me get. Let me just. So cup. no damage to the big toe. <laughs> Wait, yeah, yeah we got to make sure the the biggest toe in the group. And thank God there wasn't any. <laughs> I can get almost, your phone out of my way, man. And uh, I can. I can send you the surgical pictures too. Yeah, please. Yeah. If you can oh, spread those up. apart, I, I can get, get Steve's look. head in between the gap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all in all, healed up pretty nice. Not bad. Yeah, how'd you? Were like, you married at the time? I was not. How's it feel? To I like how they kind of hook, met. Uh, I like how they're slowly met. hooking back in toward each other. Uh, lobster foot. It's like a little probably. claw there. Yeah, huh? so you got the middle ones. A lot of nicknames: three toes, eight toes. You ever get an athlete's foot on that foot? No, not really. It's a disease. Just on the other one. 
Yeah, because the toes are tight together. I mean, it it speaks very much to how close the foot was to the barrel, right? Because how can it... Those other toes aren't scratched at all. No. And were they at the time? I was picturing it being other toes. I didn't know you really? punched the middle out of there. Yeah, just, <laughs> well, that's probably best. Out. Yeah, yeah. I would have thought you'd whittle the way at the edge. I didn't know you just blast the middle out of your toes. Yeah, yeah this is so, missing your two front teeth of toes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but he'd probably crawfish, walk real goofy you know? if he was missing the edge toes. No, yeah, how's yeah. It? Thank you God. Balance. Yeah, you probably walk in a straight line still. Yeah, I'm just fine. So, at, at what point did like the pain start? Man, about five minutes in, then it started hurt. pounding. You could and, feel like every heartbeat on And where foot. was all that toe pulp? <laughs> you know, there wasn't much. Vaporized. It kind of, yeah, it vaporized No, it much. didn't vaporize. Yeah, Out there on a steel pellet somewhere. <laughs> Dude, it was, it was a hole. Did you look around? Like, like <laughs> no, if I, I took, didn't look around. Listen, I was freaking out. If I took your two toes and a generous cut, because that's a generous cut, uh-huh. like it dug down in there. I took those two toes up and I put them in a blender and ground them up and flung them around. It, you'd... There damn sure be punks of foot around this room. Yeah, you're probably right. So what happened to the toes? I don't know. Sprayed all over the wheat somewhere. You didn't look? I still have the blind that I used, and you can see the shot going in where it went in the boot bag and then coming out the other end. Is that right? Yeah. Any blood stains? No blood stains. Whose hunting spot was this? It was mine. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, that makes it better. Found the spot. Did you tell the landowner what happened? No. Do you still hunt hunt that spot? Uh no, I haven't. Hmm. I don't. I don't like to go back in that area. I was because thinking. Of the yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking so, if it wasn't Dan's spot, that could have added to the hysteria, right? Because you're no. new and excited to hunting geese, and if it's your spot that I got invited to, and I just blew my toes off, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, oh my god, I'm oh. never gonna get invited again. Oh, that would go through my mind for sure, man. Yeah. We were going. Well, you're like, well, yeah, I don't care if you. It's my spot. <laughs> we I blow my guy. toes off. I want. <laughs> I blow all my other toes. We off. were going. We went with a guy that day who like had never gone before. Uh-huh. Don't think he's ever gone since. Imagine that <laughs> trauma, reducing the competition. So in a couple of minutes, it starts to throb and aching. Yep. And Start. at first, I, I I I like that you said it felt like uh, pressure. Yeah. Huh. Just pressure and heat. Heat and pressure. Yeah. So then my buddy goes and grabs our hunting van. But you're still hopping around in your sneaker. I did right away, and then they were like, you need to calm down, lay down, pick it up. And you took the sneaker off. When did no. you take the sneaker off? Sneaker at the came off? off at the hospital. Yeah, that's uh, good. Why is that? Because I wanted to do x-rays. No, no, no. I don't, oh, I don't, why I don't, didn't I take it off? Yeah, what I was prevented really scared you from... to. It's good to leave that stuff on. Yeah, yeah I contain mean, so that. Did too. you go into shock? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. You went wow. into shock. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Did uh, I remember my, uh, so my buddy just ripping out there. We had like this hunting van. Hunting van. <laughs> called it Philly. I don't know why we called it Philly, but. Uh, like it was a little Philly. Yeah. yeah. It was a brown van. Yeah. Anyway, rolled out there. Actually, funny story about this van. One time we were uh, pretty tired, heading out hunting, almost like falling asleep, tired, college tired. And uh, out drinking, uh, <laughs> night before, not too late, oh. but oh, you were drunk when you blew your toes off. No, no, no. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> anyway, we were uh, out in the van one morning, uh huh. And you know that scene from Tommy Boy when the hood flies mm, yeah. up? Yeah, mm. well, that happened to us 
Everybody was about half asleep. I don't know the scene. Oh, so they're driving, and the hood of the of their is it a van or what they have? It was a car, but you can just call yeah, it your yeah, van, and right, this is what van. happened. So in you're the driving story. through yeah. the dark, <laughs> and the uh, the wind catches the hood, and it just slaps up against the windshield. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've, I've, been in, I've been in cars when that's happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, scared the crap. No, out. that's real scary. But that was that was a side note. So yeah, I remember my buddy Tommy ripping out there to grab me and. That's that's about all I remember, like because I went wow. in shock after that. Wow! Until we got to the hospital. So, did your hunting buddies were they? Did they help you in any way? Yeah, Where they put you? me in the van because at that point I was just laying on the ground. Wow! Were that's you uh, crying and moaning or what? I was moaning. I wouldn't say crying. Do do like the moan you're doing? Oh no! <laughs> 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 like. Uh, not, Rick, you do it. No. <laughs> it like, mm. And remember, you're a young man from Shreveport. <laughs> Give us a moan, Rick. <laughs> yeah, but let me set the no. scene for you, Rick. A moan for Tim. No, you were, you were no, born, you were born in Louisiana. You used to work for a crawfish caterer. <laughs> you had a roommate who's uh, two muskrat trapper roommates. One smokes weed, one don't. And you are so excited to hunt geese. You're very excited. You blow your toes off now. Here comes shock sets in now. Moan how he would do it. No, I can't do it. <laughs> I'm picturing that he's going. Uh, he's going. Uh, uh. Yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah, that's pretty good. But a little more twang, a little more yeah. audible, a little more, a little more, a little more southern twang in that <laughs> So they run you down, and the cops probably get involved because you can't shoot yourself. Game Warden did. <laughs> that's really who came, that's who showed up just asked me how it happened all right hunting accident had to report it whatever oh no please yeah, had to record it yeah no i thought anytime like a <laughs> any kind of something like that happens there's police involved no i guess but he but a game warden is what did he do when he showed up did he, he just questioned me make about sure, the whole thing make sure you had a plug in your gun yeah mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he started checking for wings on my geese yeah and then he said son uh how many geese did you get <laughs> <laughs> Was he was the game warden sympathetic or or what? Oh yeah, he like felt horrible. He was interviewing me. Sorry. Was the game warden sympathetic? Yeah, he felt horrible that he was even like talking to me about it right away because he like, he knew there was no monkey business. Right, probably happened at like seven a.m. and this was nine a.m. by the time he was there already. Morning, huh? Yeah, yeah. Did you feel like you did something irreversible, like that you weren't going to walk? Or, oh like, man, I was so worried. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm freaking sure. out. Freaking Worried out. about what? Not being able to walk. Could I didn't you know. tell the severity in my head? I didn't know. Like, yeah. how could you tell was. what was going on down there, or was it just kind of pulpy, weird? Yeah, you could just see the like a straight hole through the shoe. How many years ago? It's be ten. Oh, hole through the shoe. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you didn't want to. There check wasn't it out. much blood though, which I thought was weird. Oh, that is weird. Mm-hmm. Like and then. Weird. Uh, do they sedate you when you get there? No. They freaking called my parents to make sure that I They're like, you got wasn't a three, allergic you got a three-toed to... a 3 kid? Yeah. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> you do now. You do now. <laughs> yeah. No, they called my parents to make sure I wasn't like allergic to morphine or whatever, and I was just like, give me the morphine right now, you know? Uh-huh. And they did an x-ray without morphine, and that was extremely painful. Took the sock off and everything. Was, uh, mm-hmm. Without morphine? Yeah. Because they wanted that X-ray right away, just a flesh wound. Yeah, 
And did, did they did they entertain the idea of, or was it just like flat out like they're gone? You just don't have them anymore. There no, wasn't no, like they're gonna no. like make a fake one or anything. Not at all. So what's interesting is that top weird looking part is actually skin from my toes. I didn't get a good look at the top. I'll show it. To I you had later. the bottom view. Yeah, I can show it to you later. I could look at Cal's photo. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the skin they got. They got that skin. Yeah. Wet. They got that skin on the top. They grafted it on there. Where'd they pull it from? Uh, my middle toe and the, what'd be the, like the pointer finger toe. The, oh, the toe. index toe. They borrowed some skin from the neighboring toe. Yeah. That was... Put it over the wound. Mm. Huh. But what had happened was the one that this toe, that index toe was just hanging there by a thread. Oh. So they cut that off right away. The other toe, on impact, the bone had blown out of that toe, mm-hmm. so there's no bone in it, but they were trying to save it. The doctor comes in one day, and he's like, probably two days into surgeries and stuff, he's like, man, you don't want that thing hang- <laughs> hanging on stuff and yeah. you know, catching on corners. He's like, you might as well just cut <laughs> it off, and we can use it to graft And on you were like, food. sure, doc. Uh, yeah, well, I was like, well, what if I keep the toe? In a jar, you mean? I was thinking a jar, like a necklace. For sure. Yeah. You know, formaldehyde or whatever. And he and was it, like, oh, no, no, no. Mind you, this is why I'm, while I'm on morphine still and whatever. He's like, oh, no, no, tons of paperwork. You don't want to do that. <laughs> and for some reason, probably felt, one of my felt, biggest regrets to this day is not having that toe in my possession. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. I'd have it. It's part you, of me. It's just you it's know how you like waste. Yeah, I'd have it like a call lanyard where you put your... <laughs> Where you bands, put your bands, duck yeah. bands and whatnot. Just be a dried my, up foot in Yeah, there. I'd have my toe on. <laughs> I would. I would have took it out and tried to catch a walleye with it. Uh-huh. Isn't oh, there yeah. some drink Wacky that you can rig order that thing? With, yeah. rig. with a toe? It's like a bar. There's a bar where people lose their toes to frostbite. It's like a like a well. I don't know. What? You didn't what have to look it up, about, Rick. Yeah. 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 Really? It was on, yeah, it was like so. This is, it happens a lot. People lose no, toes to no. It's like one bar. <laughs> like you show up to lose a toe. No, it's like a. It's a. I don't know. It's at the end about. of the Iditarod. What's it like? Or <laughs> Ever, McMurdo Ever, Station. Everspace yeah. Camp. It's like a little. <laughs> yep. It's a, it's a toe. I don't know what it is. It doesn't well, sound like you do. No. This so is never gonna. Even it. if they do, even if we do lure them in, you're not gonna hold on to them like this, Rick. You See, this facts. is when we need Yanni. Yanni's not here. He, oh, Google. Yeah, this is, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot. Yeah, Yanni's still on assignment. So uh, oh, then yeah. I imagine, yeah, there was like some physical therapy and stuff, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, it was painful. And uh, actually, what's funny is when I met my wife, I would never take my socks off because I was so embarrassed about it right oh, away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Even though a lot of people knew. Can Let's I chime in with some yep. information about my... That, that's fine, Rick. <laughs> sour toe cocktail, Dawson City. It's a tradition. Oh, there you go. The, an actual human toe that has been dehydrated and preserved in salt. Use the garnish or direct drink of your choice. Mm. Oh, how much that run a fella? It's the sour tail cocktail. How much is Palm it cost? So, so they so, have a human toe. Just one or multiple? Dawson, you Yukon territory. And they'll they'll let you have the pleasure of having a drink with the toe in it. With that the bar has it. to file a lot of paperwork. It's a. It was a. <laughs> Well, there's been multiple toes that have been used, but the first one was belonged to a miner and rum runner named Louie. We had a frostbitten appendage in the rum 20s. Runner, huh? It was preserved in alcohol. And then 50 years later, 1973, 
brought it down to the bar, the Sourdough <laughs> Saloon, and they put it, started putting in drinks. Sour, yeah. sour toe cocktail. So I'm just, yeah. No, you were. I was on to something. You missed on. out on a legacy. You were dead on. Yeah, he verified himself there. Uh, yep. You start dating your wife then. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't take the socks off. Did, did, you, did she know that you were. Oh, really? So, like, she didn't know. So there you are. It's your All wedding. my buddies know. You know so you didn't tell her know. about it. No, no. And then it comes to be your wedding night, and there you are in one sock. <laughs> there you are standing there with one sock on. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. <laughs> She's like, why don't you get comfortable? Oh, well, comfortable. Okay, so then she sees it. Then she no sees discomfort it. here. Foot's cold. No, then she sees it. And bless her heart, she... Thought it was a deformity, <laughs> and then she got worried that if we had kids one day, the day that they out. would also have it. Then she asked me about it, and you and had to I be like, "Well, her. I can't guarantee you that they're not." Right. <laughs> so uh, back up, back up. That's, that's why you got to tell the truth up front. <laughs> you hide it from her. That sucks. A metaphor. You start dating her, you hide it from yeah. her. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, she sees it. Whatever, however that happens, she she like gets a look at it. And there's that little crazy crab claw there. <laughs> and you don't go like, oh, yeah, I shot it off with a shotgun. You just be like, yep, it's my foot. <laughs> That's the way it is. <laughs> I just didn't talk about it. She, like, saw it when I, I don't know, when I was putting shoes on or something. I don't oh. know if she saw it, you know. And she wasn't like, good God. She didn't say anything for a little while. Then she brought it up. That's a good woman. Yeah. Yeah, she was a good woman. I like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, because you have to say, like, through the act of reproduction, yes, our children are not likely to have this. <laughs> not exactly. But I cannot guarantee you <laughs> that our children will not have this. If they grow up to be goose hunters. <laughs> <laughs> then there is. Man, if they black out when 20 geese are locked up. <laughs> yeah. Black out and start shooting it, random directions. Shooting yeah. doubles and toes. Yeah. Well, that's a good argument for keeping your gun pointing in a safe direction. Yeah. And for not taking your safety off early in a layout blind. Yeah. I'm real strict about it now. I, man, anytime we're, I we're hear duck that hunting clicking. this morning, man, I, I, don't, I can't tell you how many times I throw the safety. Click, 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 well, yeah, but you're click, also click. in like a safe position Yeah, sitting there. No, what I'm saying, I, I, like, I do it, though. Yeah, it's hard not to. I don't throw it. If I'm using a shotgun with a with a tang safe on it, Yeah, you know, like a thumb safe, yeah. I'll just usually throw it when I go to shoulder the gun. Yeah. But with a trigger guard safety, right. I click it ahead of time. It's really hard not to. But in a layout blind, I would advise everyone not to. Yeah, for sure. Got yeah. two doubles with three shells. Yeah, yeah, two doubles, <laughs> double on geese, double on toes. Yeah. Um, and how long did it take to heal all up? Uh, I was hunting again like two weeks. Good for you, my buddy. Big shout out to my bud Tom Novak. He uh, he was always helping me carrying decoys out, taking me hunting. Because <laughs> you were a little limpy. Yeah. Oh yeah, doctor got all uh, mad at me for hunting all the time, and actually my mom came and stayed with me. For a while, when That's I was first cute. healing, <laughs> did you? Uh, did your mom came out and stayed with you because you shot your toes off. Yeah, just for a couple of weeks. What'd she think about couple the whole weeks. situation? Yeah. When I was going through physical therapy and stuff. Was oh, it was that serious? Yeah, 
Yeah. Did it feel funny walking around? Yeah. Oh, you can't lose a toe without doing physical therapy. Yeah, it was. Come on. Well, and part, yeah. really part of the foot. You're not yeah. a flip flop man now, are you? Absolutely not. Yeah. My buddy, though, custom, I can tell by looking at your foot. On my 21st uh, birthday, my buddy made me one of those flip flop sandals and puttied two fake toes. <laughs> <laughs> right where my permission. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. You guys hang out with the good, good crew of guys. Yeah. That's awesome. Physical therapy. Huh. Yeah. Do you still have those shoes with the hole in it? I don't. They probably threw them away at the Cut hospital because they're yeah, like they a bio, yeah. biohazard. Yeah. Huh, thanks for sharing. Yeah. I can't think of anything more to ask you about. Do yeah, you I miss them think- now? Are you glad it happened or not glad it happened? I don't know. It's kind of part of my identity now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm lucky that it wasn't worse. Safer hunter now, probably. A lot safer it. hunter, and I'm mindful of other people in layout blinds and. That's something people need to remember. I'm trying to think of any good application for lying where you'd be like, um, I could count on my hands and feet. <laughs> you know what right? my, you know what my times, least favorite? How many times I, right? And people's right ahead goes, their their head goes to 20, but you're talking about 18. Yeah. My That's least favorite three expression. Three-man limited ducks. Mm-hmm. My least favorite <laughs> expression is, oh, shot yourself in the foot on that one. Yeah. I hate when guys say that to me. <laughs> Huh. All right. That's great, man. I mean, I'm not glad that it <laughs> happened, great. but it's just real. Inter- well, you know, uh, I've talked about this before. My father was shot in the foot by a shotgun. Oh, really? Yeah. And he, he, because of who shot him, my dad hid what happened mm. and lied about what happened and had to hobble around on crutches and they didn't tell anybody. Mm. Huh. How what, severe was it? He uh, had, I think it was, Camera was like 13 or he had a size, he had a huge foot. He had a size 13 foot. But I feel like camera was like 13 or 20 pellets were stuck in the um stuck in his foot. Really? It's quite yeah. a few pellets. No, he was got it a from good, a distance then? Nope, point blank. Mm. Point blank. Mm. Hunting rabbits. Guy was walking along, you know how you do. Thumb cocking your shotgun and then releasing the hammer. On an over under. Uh, yeah, so he's his guys walking around fiddling around, cocking it, releasing it, cocking it, releasing it, just nervously. His thumb slip. Uh, crazy. Yeah, right after this, right after the war, right after World War II, and he said that it always the irony of it that he uh, made it all through World War II and never got scratched by a bullet, and then came home and promptly got shot in the foot. Yeah, something. Yeah. Spring is a great time to do something with your family. Do some spring cleaning, which I kind of started today outside, planning outdoor activities, which I'm always doing, taking a little trip to Hawaii with your kids for spring break, which I just did, which was great. You know what else you can do for your family this spring? You can shop for life insurance with Policy Genius. Make that part of your financial planning for the year. I've said it before a thousand times. I'll say it again. When my wife and I, when we started having kids, we got serious about life insurance. And man, I felt so much better after we did. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just 292 bucks per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection 
for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you leave your job. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. The single most valuable tool I have for chasing turkeys next to my scatter gun is the Onyx Hunt app. If I'm hunting turkeys, I'm using Onyx. If I'm not hunting turkeys, I'm using Onyx. I'm always using Onyx. I live by that stuff. I can't tell you the number of birds this app has put me on by allowing me to easily find new areas to hunt. It's invaluable. I use it all the time. Even properties I know super well. And I'm at my buddy Bubbly Doug's house. I'm using Onyx, and I've hunted this place a million times. With their compass mode, I can pinpoint exactly on the map where a gobble rang out from and then figure out the perfect spot to set up. Meaning, if I'm sitting there, let's say I'm at Bubbly Doug's, I'm in the navel, and I hear, pow, I'll like instinctively pull up Bubbly Doug's place on, on X, and I'll look at the topography, and I'll be like, oh, that sucker must be over in that little opening over there. Waypoints also, and the ability to share them, okay, comes in handy every spring. Whether that's revisiting old waypoints where I've been on birds before or sharing them, to buddies to help put them on birds. This app will help you find more turkeys. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you, too. Use code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt this turkey season. Hey, man, after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if you've learned anything, it's that there is always a catch. So, when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, well, what's the catch? But it turns out, there isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash meat eater. That's mintmobile.com slash meat eater. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash meat eater. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 per month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Uh, man. Want to talk about duck hunting a little bit. Cal, tell everybody about our duck hunt. Um, well, I guess as far as like duck hunting goes, it's just very good duck hunting. There's a lot of birds around. Good as it could be. I mean, I mean, I, I really think so. I mean, you could, I guess, be in a situation where you go bang, 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 and everybody's got their limits really fast, and you're at the coffee shop at seven twenty-five in the morning or something like that. <laughs> right. But um, ours are taking a little bit longer here in two days. But it's, I mean, you're never in that situation where you're really feeling like we are in the wrong area this isn't gonna work out um there's always ducks flying and it's just very incredibly ducky like the um i i struggle with the word habitat i feel like i'm not describing it well by saying habitat it's i mean it's just a giant food source right now there's 
soybeans and corn everywhere that have not been cut. Um, the fields are flooded heavily with water, not by, um, really like the constructs of man. They're just, it's just crazy weather cycle, um, that this area is holding a ton of water and that water spilled out into the agricultural fields. So the fields have cover by the way of unharvested food crops. They have food because they're food crops like soy and corn beans, corn, soy and corn. And, um, and then there's water. So it's like an absolute utopia for ducks. Um, yeah, cornfields would need deep water. Well, I don't know if it's that deep. In some spots, for sure. I'd say where we were sitting today was knee deep. Oh yeah, we were in a knee deep yeah. cornfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you talk? Can you discuss, uh, Sean, the scope of the flooding here? Pretty much from, well, now in North Dakota too. They weren't flooded earlier in the year. They're flooded now. Well, I guess the best way to put it is. Northeast South Dakota, all of Eastern South Dakota really is at like 300% above annual precip on the year. So, man, which is an unrealistic number. That seems Mm -hmm. like a weird number to just like throw out there kind of casually, but the lakes in general have risen anywhere from like five to 12 feet, depending on the lake. And then you have tens of thousands of acres of flooded corn and beans. And even counting this spring, you know, you had 2.8 million acres of like unplanted crop in South Dakota. It was too wet to plant. Too wet to plant. So. And it's that you're saying like around here, zero zero harvest. No one's harvested anything. Yeah, no one's harvested a thing. We, We were commenting on our drive back tonight. We finally saw a combine starting to roll. Oh. Just as we were leaving town, there was a combine rolling. But that that's the only combine I've seen. Cutting corn in the field. Mm-hmm. Huh. So there's the first one. <laughs> when I hear the word flood, I think of like a river. Right. But this is... No, that, that's what's so weird about it. Yeah, it's like... it's The whole time you're getting ready for this and you're talking about the flooding. Right. I had the same image too. Yeah. That you're like in a big floodplain of a river and the water's high. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the strange part about here... We're in what's called the Katoda Prairie. It's a set of hills in eastern South Dakota formed by the James Lobe of a glacier. I can't remember the name of the glacier off the top of my head. The James Lobe and the Des Moines Lobe split and parted around these hills, which eventually formed the James River Valley and then the Des Moines River Valley. Okay. And... Those glaciers kind of cut around this set of hills, and the hills are... Flattened it right out. Flattened it right out. And the hills are a closed water basin, meaning there's no real rivers. I mean, on the sides or south end of the Coteau or the north end of the Coteau, there's a couple creeks and rivers. But in general, the water doesn't leave. So it's... The water here is precip-dependent, like, the, the water can't come from anywhere else. It comes from here and here alone. So if you have a heavy winter of snow and heavy summer of rain, you're going to have a lot of water. And then, you know, you go into your drought cycles and it's the other way around. 
the water rising here is so extreme that there are um farm houses with water up to the ground floor windows yeah yeah silos that are submerged you have entire like old farmsteads you know we can even say maybe 50 60 year old farmsteads on islands but then you have you know newer houses houses built in the last 15 20 years now on islands like livable houses that people had to move their stuff <laughs> had to move their stuff out of this summer by boat and they're not living out there no nope, not living in their own house in roads that vanish yep yeah whole state highways yeah, like somebody went about planning those highways thinking, oh, these highways are in a place that's probably not going to get flooded. Right. Oh, very, yeah. These like, are like full-on roads. Yeah. This they were thinking that this is just a road now, and then it'll just be a road. Yeah, but like people plan around into the future. Being like, okay, maybe a year or two we get like some heavy rains, and these areas will be <laughs> low-lying and get flooded. So we're going to build this road in this place that doesn't flood, and it's under. Yeah, I mean, there's U.S. Highway 81. Highway 25 was for a while at one Highway point. 10 has Highway been. Highway 10. Gone underwater. Yeah. Or portions of it gone. A, a lot of them have been built yeah. up since. Oh, they've know, repaired like, some? Uh, Highway 12. Yeah, like U.S. Highway 81 right now no, is still closed. Been I'm, closed since May or June. I want to talk about what it means for the for – the lakes and lake access but first talk about what it means for i mean obviously it's is it uh, it's devastating to farmers yeah but sure but are are people on average this something that's covered on average by um this flooding is it crop insurance and stuff and 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 i honestly don't know much about that um to what degree you're economically exposed when this happens it can't be pretty no it can't be um luck not luckily i I truly don't think there's an insurance situation where uh you're not missing a beat right where it's like oh well thank god it all flooded yeah we'll get it (laughs) we'll get it better next year yeah right yeah i I don't think i i can't look around here and imagine that situation i think i think some folks are getting real hard hit to the point where um they're looking at different means a livelihood yeah I, I saw an article today i didn't authenticate it so this might not be true but it was a south dakota news article 43 farms in south dakota have gone bankrupt in the last two weeks oh so i mean it's it's hard on people yeah prices aren't exactly good either so oh grain prices grain are prices good. right yeah, yeah. which uh, doesn't matter if you can't Go Can't out there and pick it, the stuff right. anyway. So that'll help. That'll drive them up. Yeah. So ducks love it. Man, ducks love it. It's like yeah, whole like, soybean fields underwater. Yeah. I like, mean, like he was thousands saying, and thousands habitat. and thousands of acres of cropland underwater. Yep. And because this area is so rich with slough environments to begin with, a mm-hmm. lot of these fields have you know sloughs that were in the field where the farmers have driven around them, planted around them, but then those sloughs have, you know, bloated and 
flooded up into the habitat around. So now you've got these isolated sloughs out of sight, out of mind, which is what a duck wants. Mm-hmm. Out in the middle of nowhere, just loaded. And, and the can, cover is food. Yeah. And they can land out in there and swim up into the cornfields. Yep, land in open water in a slough and then swim up into the corn, sleep and eat, be lazy. Yeah. Yep. Ducks like it. Uh, one of the more interesting things around here is what it means, like the, this historic high water, which has happened a couple of times in the yeah. last 30 years, right? Yep. Yeah. Is uh, It's kind of interesting to think about where, as anyone who's listening knows, you got like a lake, right? Uh, and a lake will have a boat launch. and Or whatever. There's a beach, boat launch, whatever the hell, a park. And you go down and you put your boat in the lake. You then proceed to just drive around the lake. You don't need to go, you don't go ask everyone who lives on the lake's permission if it's okay for you to be out on the lake. Right. It's just once you're on the lake, there's the boat launch, you're on the lake, you go where you want. You're out in the water, and it's just like the lake is treated as public land. Uh, here, there's a, is it fair to call it a fight? Yeah, I, it's, Real contentious there for a while. It's kind of taking a back seat now, but yeah, real contentious for a while. Where imagine that you have, so imagine like everyone who's listening is imagine their own lake they know about where they put it, where they've ever taken a boat out boating. And you have the point where you launch the boat and then you just proceed to go where you want. Now imagine that, that lake increases in size tenfold. And it's now spread up uh, and subsumed houses, fields, yards, fences, fences, and you put your boat in at the boat launch. Do you now do like you always done and go wherever the lake is, or do you now impose these imaginary lines of where the lake used to be and the new part of the lake is off limits? That's a pretty good way of putting it. That yard that used to be here is 25 feet below you with a fence line and a mailbox, maybe. (laughs) Underwater. Underwater. The whole kit and caboodle's underwater. But what you see is... Lake. Lake. So if a guy didn't know and hadn't been there before and he goes down there and launches his boat, he just thinks it's a big damn lake. But then all of a sudden, there's someone saying, hey, you're riding your boat over my yard. Yep. Which is 13 feet below you. Yep. And says, I don't, get out of my yard. <laughs> get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah, get off get my off lawn. lawn. You were saying that people, you know. <laughs> this is a major issue now. Yeah. Yeah. Property taxes on, on yeah. the, well, you know, if it's seasonally flooded, it's one thing. But then when does seasonally flooded become like permanently flooded? And then the lake's all, like, it's their Right. It there's there's so many facets to it all. Like we're talking about hundreds of lakes. Hundreds. You're talking altogether, I want to say I can't remember the number. It's around three hundred thousand acres of water we're talking about altogether. Of is that public or is it not? And so you have two classifications. Yeah, and I was lakes. gonna say now go back in time to the when they back when they used to just come up with weird explanations yeah. for stuff and talk about when South Dakota was founded. So in 1868, the federal government yeah, 
Fetterman massacre. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Very true. 1868, they ordered. That was the first patent for the diaphragm call. Mm-hmm. Right around there. Can you believe that? Crazy. Wasn't it 68, Cal? Yeah. 67, 68, first patent for a diaphragm call. 68, and, and uh, also. This uh, son bitch had, he patented that year. Cal was pointing out, why was he not uh, busy with the Civil War? <laughs> no, six. No, no, no. The uh, Civil War is 66. Yeah, the uh, God, how did we cover that? No, we were talking about the guy that came up that first patented the diaphragm, diaphragm call, call, and he patented basically what we use today. Same exact thing, just different materials. And you pointed out, seems like you'd have been thinking about other things back then. Yeah, because it he was from Alabama. Alabama, and yeah, I was just thinking about he's you know, reconstruction the, in the south. Yeah, he's dealing with the carpetbaggers, civil war, like, and it, it, Yankees running around trying to tell you what I th- to do. I thought it was a good thing to where it was like he's like, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, check this out. Yep, 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 yep. yep. But it still got. <laughs> just trying to take his mind off more. Uh, but no matter what, springs are coming. Yeah, <laughs> but they got killed a lot. So. What the hell are we talking about? Oh, class 1868. Yep. Someone comes and says what? Hey, you guys need to figure out what's a lake and what's not. So a bunch of guys rode around, and if it was more than four foot deep, and they believed it had a permanent shoreline, they classified it as a meandered lake, which is a deceiving term. It's so deceiving. I wish I would have just called it like a cupcake lake or whatever. A meandered lake. Because it's the opposite of what it should be. Okay. But they, they, so they drive around, ride around. Yeah. Probably on horses or whatever. And they're Wagons. like, they're like, yeah, it's a lake. Yep. And another thing, they're like, nah, no, we call that a lake. Like a lake. Yeah. And yep. they mark them all. Yep. And so they classify. I want to say it was 270 bodies of water or something like that as meandered. So the the lake bed was state owned property of South Dakota. Gotcha. The ones they felt looked like a lake. Right. The ones that they felt would go dry. And some of them they said, you know, lake, but could go dry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, there's even an old map where we're staying. There's an old map that says like something lake and it says could yep. go dry. Yep. Yeah, lake, but could go, but, but could go dry. And uh, those were classified as non-meandered. So those were put into deed and title. Private property available for purchase. Mm-hmm. And a large portion of that land ended up being waterfowl production areas, uh, South Dakota game production areas, you know, things of that nature, public mm-hmm. land. <clears throat> well, then, I believe it was the 60s, pretty much everything goes dry, even the meandered lakes. Like I said before. Big drought. Yeah, big drought. These lakes are so dependent on precipitation. Like, they're going to wildly fluctuate because they don't have a consistent 
they don't have water coming from the north or water coming from the west or anything like that. Yeah. Whatever happens here is what happens to the lakes. There's not a big mountain range getting packed full of snow. Right. Every winter. And in the spring, that snow comes down and fills up the lake. Yep. And so... Not what's happening. Not at all. And so you have these lakes all go dry. Some of our biggest lakes, like uh, Lake Thompson, is a good example of one. One of the biggest natural lakes in South Dakota. Completely bone dry. What about that one we were fishing on tonight? That's never been dry, has it? Um, I don't think it was ever completely dry. I know it was weightable at one point. Really? Like you could duck on it in waders. Yeah, didn't you say like in the 60s it was like yeah. tiny? Yeah, small, real small. And now it's 20. We're fishing in 29 feet of water. 20 yeah. some thousand yeah, acres. Yeah, 20. I think it's 21,000 acres. 21,000 acres. Yep. With Went from a puddle to 35, 30 foot, you know, 35, 36 foot deep spots. And so. Hey, Rick, did you. Uh, enjoy what did you enjoy more did you enjoy more uh filming me getting all those ducks or getting all those walleyes what was better for you keeping in mind that i got that really big walleye <laughs> i mean that's pretty that's pretty enjoyable anytime you get a you when you get a big smile on your face and i'm filming it, it makes me happy inside so you liked you liked me getting the, the big walleye, walleye. More for the record ducks. steven ranella was doing some smiling tonight big oh, yeah smile that large not walleye. a forced tv smile but like a gen- genuine gen- first genuine smile yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, if only your mother could have been here to see it well now we got to tell them how big the walleye was 29 29 and a half, and a half inches. inches monster giant With big old fat belly yeah i got guilted shoulders. into turning them loose and somehow cal got to keep his there was another monster caught that night a lot of folks uh, a lot of folks said it couldn't be beaten but with a lot of hard work and determination, old Steve came through. Came through and whooped it. Uh, so that lake has always had some water in it. Yeah. So go on to what happened. So historically, they're like, hey, this is a lake. But then lo and behold, it does go dry. Yeah. So they go dry. And then. And when the lake goes dry and you live on the edge of the lake, your yard just grows and grows and grows. Mm-hmm. And then the water comes up and your yard shrinks and shrinks and shrinks. The basin of Lake Thompson, they used to graze cattle in. And now this year, it's overtaking homes. So what happened is, you know, in the 70s, it, it's, it's progressed since the 70s. The lakes filled back up in the 70s, or at least the basins did. Mm-hmm. The 80s, they expand more. And then the 90s, they hit a unreal growth pattern that everyone says is never going to happen again, you know. And is this when Once you start hearing the word flood? This is when you hear the words flood. Highest you know, water they had in 100 years at least. Yeah, by far. Because it's the highest water they've had since the surveying in 1868. Yeah. And that was mainly, you know, 1990, 1993, 1998, I believe it was, floods. 93 being the worst. So early to mid-90s, all of a sudden you have these lakes that were confined to a basin filling out flooding private land, like you were mentioning, those are the meandered lakes. But then all of a sudden you have these uh, sloughs, really, marshes that no one considered lakes. All of a sudden now 
way too deep to be considered just a, a slough. Now all of a sudden there's there's lakes that are 19, 20 foot deep that before were just, you know, a duck marsh. And the map doesn't show it as a lake. And the map doesn't show it as a lake. And, uh, I mean, there's stories out there of, you know, farmers moving their cattle up out of these basins the night it started raining hard, and they've never seen the land again since. And and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, eventually people started putting fish in these things too, right? Yeah. So And not just people, but sometimes the state. A lot of times the state, yeah. So you have a you have a mix of the state seeing recreate recreational opportunity. Value. Value. You know, Revenue. We gotta do something with this water. Well, let's put fish in it. Why wouldn't you? That's Especially the first thing I the, when I see some water. Heck yeah. I get to wondering about that. Mm-hmm. Especially because you had, you know, public right of ways going through this. And you have a pretty substantiated history of public water access, you know, like uh, the public trust doctrine, the Desert Act. Um, there was a U.S. Supreme Court ruling. Anyway, there's a few different, you know, historic pieces of. Not legis well legislation and judicial rulings mm-hmm. that they they looked at as oh this is justification that that's public water yeah and so why wouldn't the state put fish in public water so you have the state pulling down flooded roads dumping fish you have um, people doing bucket biology that's what a lot of people call it yeah being that yeah. Yeah. Take, catching some, going and catching some yellow guys perch I grew or up, walleyes. A lot of people did it when I was growing yeah. up. I mean, every, I mean, not that it happened just where I'm at, but yeah, like you go out. Well, just take tonight, for instance. We went out and caught a bunch of walleye. Yep. We would have saved some of those walleye for eating, but maybe we keep a couple alive. And on the way home, we swing into some spot that's a little bit closer to home, <laughs> and we just let a few of those walleye go. I always picture it happening like this too, where you go out, you fish, and say you go out fishing bluegills, and you got a bucket, and you got right away, bam, 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 you got three, and you're like, oh man, I'm gonna clean up a whole mess of them, but then fishing goes to shit, and you got three bluegills in your bucket or four. What I say? How many did he get? Three. He said three. three. So he's got three, and he's like, yeah, do I really want to dirty the knife over this? You know what I'll do? <laughs> go dump them in that. I'll dump them in the lake by, by my house. Oh, you man, great example. I'm not sure what the statute of limitations are here, but uh, <laughs> we'd, we'd always go fish these bass ponds when you were young, early early on in high school. Yeah. And uh, one of us, uh, his folks had a uh, water feature little pond in their backyard okay. that they like to maintain and keep looking nice and we thought it'd be funny or cute or something to take a red-eared sunfish, mm-hmm. pumpkin seed or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and that we had caught and throw it in that water feature, which... Well, that, that, that is funny and cute. And um, our buddy's mom thought it was great, but then eventually, as the summer progressed, um, and, you know, we had long forgotten about this thing, 
um, fall comes in and they're going to turn the water feature off and she's, you know, we show back up at some point doing whatever we were doing and the water feature's dry and we're like, oh, son of a gun, what happened to that fish? <laughs> and she's like, oh, you know, I had to turn this thing off. So I just took it down, threw it in the river. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's another mm-hmm. like. Yep. Yeah. Incidental. Yeah. Yep. Another way it happens. Well, I don't know why the hell we're on this, but it's just interesting. <laughs> you would. You used to be able to. They're trying to change this now. But you'd go and like get bait. So you'd buy fishing bait. Like in the winter, you go and be like, oh, I'm going to buy a dozen sucker minnows. Yeah. To fish northeast. And you get your sucker minnows, and then you wind up driving over three counties, and you fish. And at the end of the day, you just dump the sucker minnows down the hole. And then maybe they got, maybe the, the, the things that are in there, maybe you're supposed to have a thing of fathead minnows, but you just got a bunch of baby suckers, like real suckers. Yeah. Because now and then, on, on my lake growing up, now and then, there's no suckers in that lake. But now and then you stand on the dock and here comes cruising by a freaking giant sucker. <laughs> and our assumption was always that's like an ice fishing bait sucker that he never found a mate, <laughs> but he just lives in the lake. He's got a little circle hook <laughs> scar in his back. Yeah, and his dorsal fin's got a hole below it because some guy was ice fishing with him. So I think we've established that people yeah. just move fish around. So Yeah, and honestly, I, I think most of it was a state. But... Yeah. In general, lakes get stocked. Yeah. Because what else are you going to do with the excess water? Well, as you'd learn, too, from Cal, if you listen to Cal's Week in Review, uh, everybody always used to say when you're a kid, they'd say, oh, fish fish eggs stick to the bird's feet. Hmm. And the birds fly around and move the eggs everywhere. But Cal reported on a case, an instance where... um, fish eggs were surviving in bird shit. Hmm. Remember that, Cal? Yeah, in the... Yeah, I mean... That actually uh, makes sense. It was shatting out. Yeah, birds can pass stuff so fast. Right. Shat out viable fish eggs. Yeah. And they probably eat a lot of fish eggs. And moved fertilized... A bird moved fertilized fish eggs and delivered it to a new water system and its feces. Think about that. It's good stuff. Right, and they're not like actively trying to eat fish eggs. They're just down there sifting through and eating grasses and everything and think of all the eggs that are oh, free yeah, floating. Yeah. And, and then all the stuff that lays eggs that stick on, like carp lay eggs that stick on grass. Yeah, you know? and frogs and salamanders and all that stuff. You know, they're just sieving that stuff out. That uh, spoonbill I shot today was probably a uh, carrier of you know? <laughs> a vector of all sorts of species. And Cal found three salamanders. Dandies too. Yeah, big old, big honking salamanders, one the size of of a hand, human hand, and then he found two of them making love. Oh, and I mean, it just keeps getting better because when I was backing in the boat today, jumped out of the truck, caught a frog with my left hand, and caught a toad with my right hand. This place is like. Herp Central. I mean, for <laughs> <laughs> herpetologist. Herpetology. Herp Central. 
Yes. I mean, if if you're an overgrown that's, kid like myself, this place is just a wonderland. That's Rick's uh, Tinder handle. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably a few jokes I can make about that. Uh, so people move fish all over the damn place. They get, the lakes get filled with fish. Yep. And it turns out that some people don't like fishermen over their land. Yeah. Even... If those fishermen are trying to target fish that Their belong state. to the state. Right. And so you have a well-recorded history of the water itself being held in the public trust. And then you have public or you know state-owned or state-stocked fish in those public waters. But then the argument is, well, just because it's public water doesn't mean you have the right to access my land. Yeah. Now this is where this is where I this is where this starts to make its own gravy, so, as they say. Right. So this is where it gets goofy. Can so, I ask you a series of questions? Yeah. Go okay. ahead. This is how I'd like to handle this. We got an existing lake, and everybody, like those boys back in 1886, those boys are like, that's a lake. Okay. Yep. And there it lives, and the lake just lives there. Then all of a sudden, lo and behold, last handful of years, the lake metastasizes. That's not a word I use often, but I don't use it lightly. (laughs) (laughs) The lake metastasizes and grows big. And there used to be a boat launch, but now the boat launch is gone. The boat launch is under 12 feet of water. Yep. And the lake grows, 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 and... Covers up a highway, covers yep. up a road. Yep. In that case, where it was a, everyone agreed that it was a lake, and the lake now passed up the boat launch and covers a highway or a, a county road, public right of way, a public right of way. Yep. Are there people saying that you can't use that lake at its current shoreline? Correct. Because they're saying you'd have to cross my property to get to what used to be the lake. And even then, they just, in general, it doesn't matter if you're crossing or not. They don't want a boat over top of their land, period. But what about what used to be the lake? If you could somehow magically... Get your boat to the middle. Let's say you could you could <laughs> helicopter it in. You could helicopter your boat in and get it to what was the lake. People, they'd be cool with that, right? But they don't want you crossing, putting it in in ten feet of water, right? On the new part of the lake. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> there's so there's so many different like opinions on what certain people want. Some guys want to buoy off. You know, their 40-acre flooded piece. So they right? want to, like, mark with buoys what so used that, to be the lake, and that's where everybody can hang out. And nobody can fish in this 40-acre piece because that's my 40 acres to fish. But then, <laughs> <laughs> you know. It, and they'll go out and gets, mark it with buoys. Yeah, it's, yeah. So Like, mark your, like, a fence, but buoys. Yep. And they're like, by God, this is my part of the lake. This is my part of the lake. Because it used to not be a lake. Right. It's really weird. Ice season driving trucks like right down 
a bunch of signs sitting on the ice yeah, they say take, no trespassing. They put T posts in the ice with the signs on them, like every, what would you say, 30 yards? Oh, yeah, 40 yards. To have yeah. their own private fishing spot. So yeah. everybody's lined up on the edge thinking that's where it's going to be good, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like we're going to catch them right on the edge of that private. Catch them coming in and out of the private. Like hunt deer. Yeah, hunt exactly. deer on You'll public. see them lined up right on that edge. It's Grass is stuff. always good. Oh, yeah. There. Yeah. Like, man, if I had permission on that, <laughs> perch would be three inches bigger. <laughs> That's amazing. Dude, it's so weird. Yeah. And you know what? Well, I, I we'll do talk, understand, we'll more. man. I, I want to put my spin on it. I want to put my spin on it about, like, what's what I think is right and wrong. Okay. But I'm not going to do that till later. I want right. to right. explore this more because it's too interesting. It's such okay. an amazing thing, though, because, man, like, what's the timeline? Red. I mean, if it's like you got sucked in by some shady real estate agent who knew the place was going to be underwater in three months, but was like, just saw that you were kind of a rube and was like, hey, I'll give you the lakefront property. Give you a <laughs> heck of a deal. I got to move town. Mom's sick in the next county. Yeah. And then all of a sudden your property's underwater. You'd probably be like, man. I got taken advantage of. This is crazy, I, but I'm out of here. Little did you know, but the lake's going to be in the basement. Took 300 yeah. years or 100 years or 85 years. Yeah, or Grandpa I, had no idea the water was the, ever going to get that high. You know, then you got a little bit more of an attachment to the property, right? Right. Yeah. Like for a lot, you know, the 90s was an act of God. But now the flooding this year has been just as bad, if not worse, than anything that happened in the nineties. Almost yeah, the so new my normal. Question, my question Almost is: Is this just a precipitation thing that's above average, or is it a, what? What else is going on besides just rainfall? Is it just like more rain equals more lakes, or is there? Yeah, I yeah. mean, we're so much above. We're so much above what this area is supposed to get traditionally on precip. And then it's just been year after year. It's just been right, and. Above average, above average. Above you know, there's average. plenty of argument and talk about changing land and farming practices and all that, but I'm not really super interested in that being a part of it because at the end of the day, we're, we've got way more water than right. traditionally, at least in the you know 150 years of people settled here and records. We've got more water than we would have had in that 150 years, sir. So how many lakes have how many lakes have we lost access to because the lake grew up onto what was regarded as private property before? So during the initial fight on this whole meandered versus non-meandered waters, the meandered waters are safe. Uh, they they haven't been closed down or anything. Um, well, unless you can't get onto them. Well, there's the states pretty much been able to gain access oh okay so they've gone into made deals right yeah and a lot of them they have public land that butts up to it you know a lot of those meandered lakes they owned <laughs> game production areas or whatever yeah that they then now go put a boat ramp in on yep. what used to be duck hunting ground or yeah. pheasant hunting ground yeah um the non-meandered lakes is where the real issue was let me, let's paint a scenario where people understand where this comes up. Okay. No, uh, let me yeah. throw one out there. Yep. 
here you have a lake that you never to people historically didn't have access to. Okay, so we'll have it's a non-meandered lake. Yep. Okay. So it's never been regarded as a public waterway and it's small. Now it's huge. And there used to be no point of access because someone owned all the land. But now the lake grows so much that it grows up and covers up a county road. Yep. So now you can't drive your car. Correct. Because it's underwater. You could drive your car to where it hits the water and be like, now I will continue on my way in my boat. Right. And And so you're like, I now have public access to the water. Yep. Because I'm, I'm legally entering the water. And once I'm on the water legally, I can just take my canoe and go where I want to go. But in these cases, they're saying, no, you can't. Even though you got in where a public roadway is, yep. you can't zoom around the lake at all and fish. Yep. And that's another part of this. Yeah, that's, that was the most contentious part of it that started all this was... You have water that goes up to a public easement. Yep. That the public pays for. But because a couple of hosers back in 1886 said, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a lake. <laughs> right. Because they, <laughs> because they didn't think it was a lake, all of a sudden now you're not supposed to have access to that and water. It's 20 feet deep and full of walleye. Full of walleye. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> the state has been paying to put fish in it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I that's like a have your cake and eat it too type of scenario. Mm-hmm. Did you know Rocket Money can cancel a subscription for you? They'll even alert you when there's been an increase in a subscription price and negotiate rates for you. I can see my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. You wouldn't believe how many people are paying for subscriptions they don't use. This happened to me. It's annoying. This helps you find it out and get rid of it. Well, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions and monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. That's rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Applying for tags each year in the West can be daunting. Yeah, I apply for everything everywhere. It's daunting. You have to go to a variety of sources to formulate your best guess as to where to apply. Well, this is a thing of the past now. Onyx just launched hunt research tools to simplify the process for all hunters. This tool helps organize the data that matters, makes comparing hunt options easy, and helps hunters develop a plan based on real metrics rather than gut feelings. Onyx Hunt also offers all elite members a free digital membership to Hunt and Fool, who I use, for boots on the ground, insight and knowledge, and a membership to Hunt Reminder so you never miss another deadline. Stop stressing over application season and apply with confidence in 2024. Check out OnX Hunt Research Tools, free for all OnX Hunt Elite members. Not an elite member? Well, 
Let's fix that. Use code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt. This is an app I use literally every day. I use it for every aspect of hunting, scouting, trapping, you name it. Sport Dog is the most recognized brand in the hunting dog training industry. Born in 2003 in Knoxville, Tennessee, Sport Dog was forged by a passionate group of hunters and dog trainers who intimately understood the challenges of the field and the special connection between hunters and their dogs. The Sport Dog promise to consumers is simple. Gear the way you'd design it. Every product Sport Dog builds is meticulously designed and rigorously tested in the field, ensuring it withstands the toughest conditions you and your dog may encounter. Now, I've got two good buddies with what I would call really, really good waterfowl dogs and here's one of those buddies max not the dog but the buddy i've used that sport dog collar now in multiple different states u.s and canada different temperatures all the way to negative 20 degrees and it just doesn't stop working i'm a fan for life get 20 percent off your first purchase using code meat eater so go to www.sportdog.com slash meat eater to learn more did just kind of dawn on me that uh, Dan here maybe with the three toes playing a bit of a game. Oh, you playing a game with us, Dan? Shreveport, just, Louisiana. Fun time, right? Oh. He uh, he's from a place where he's seen plenty of houses on stilt. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Comes up here in a steadily rising tide. Marries a local gal. Maybe uh, knocks a couple of toes off with an endearing story. You know. In the uh, the land of the rising rising waters, the uh, Louisiana man may be king, right? Oh, <laughs> it could be. Yeah. It's like I heard they got rising built. waters yonder. I like the way walleye taste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's so, going to import some gator. Yeah. So what? Uh, what's your guys' gripe with all this? Like, what's your take on all this? Well, the biggest this is problem, something you guys talk a lot about. Oh, yeah. So the biggest problem was first when this fight started, they wanted to give no no due credit to the history of public water or yep. you know public trust doctrine. Said no, it doesn't matter if the water's public. The whole argument is recreation. Is it a beneficial use? Is it a public right? Yeah. And the landowners say, yeah, the public has, you know, rights to the water, but they don't have rights to recreate on the water. And the sportsmen say, of course we do. <laughs> We're sportsmen. That's what we do. Yeah. And um, and every town that I've been in in South Dakota seems to absolutely celebrate sportsmen. Yeah. Absolutely. With signs that basically say, please come in here. Yeah. Come in here and buy some beer. Yeah. Buy some gas, Bait, buy beer, a hunt ice. license. Yep. yep. But uh, the biggest problem was, or is, that you had a breakup of what was legal and what was not. So you had certain lakes with certain rules and other lakes following a different rule. So we have here what's called injunction lakes. They're non-meandered lakes 
So they're not official lakes. They're not official lakes. Some of them have public land under them. Some yeah. don't. And, but they flood up over a public right away. But because the landowners of those lakes, you know, fought in court for those lakes to be shut down to fishing, they are now completely private lakes. Like, absolute. Even with public land in them. So, why do the guys? What's uh, what what's motivating the landowners? You think it's fishing privileges, or just like general, like in not one? Yeah, yeah there, there's all sorts of stuff. Um, but the injunction lakes specifically isn't like what I have a problem with. It's that you have a non-meandered lake in this county or over here, ten miles away, five miles away. Yeah, having to abide by completely different set of rules than that injunction lake. So here's a good example. You have non-meandered lakes. They should all fall under the same rules and guidelines. Mm -hmm. But you have three different sets of rules they have to follow. You have these injunction lakes that are not accessible at all, completely closed to public fishing. Then you have the 27 exemption lakes that the state said have a proven and recorded history of lots of sportsman use. Okay. That for a landowner to close their land off in those lakes, they have to file pretty much a appeal, I guess, to the state saying why their land should be closed. Mm-hmm. Um otherwise if and the state so the that's like a game commission or whatever yeah. that decides whether their application or their you know, argument is valid. So they can apply on those 27 lakes. Let's say dry lake number two. That's a good example of one of the lakes. Dry lake number two, those landowners would have to go to the state and say, hey, I think I can close my land off on this lake. And the state says yay or nay. So far, they've not said yes to any of it Okay. on those 27 lakes. But then the rest of these non-meandered lakes, all, you know, 200 some of them, all can be closed at landowner will, but only their land, and they have to follow a specific set of signage and buoying of the lakes. Am I correct in saying that the injunction lakes were ones with public access provided by the state? Um, As in boat ramps? Well, public easements, not necessarily okay, boat easements. ramps. Yeah. yeah. But so you have... These lakes that are all supposed to be under the same classification. Yeah. That all are following different set of rules. And there's not really a clear precedent on the existing law because this existing law has different rules for these lakes, different yep. rules for these, and different rules for these. And none of it really makes sense. Are there any unexpected players in this? Meaning... Is everyone in this, does their viewpoint on it make sense when you look at what their perspective is? Meaning, like, we oftentimes as humans, this is the, the point I was going to make about this, or like sort of the take-home for me on it. If you look at what we do as humans, we'll have something happen that's not good for us or good for us. Right. And we'll take it and take the perspective that's advantageous to us and sell it as what's right. Yeah. When really, 
all it is is like what's right for me meaning how could it be let's take some examples of stuff everybody knows about how could it be like bill clinton lies about a relationship he had with monica Lewinsky? how could it be that the people that don't think that's bad belong to his political party but the people who think it's bad belong to another political party or you could have someone and be like they get in some trouble with the ukraine and people who don't belong to his political party think that's bad but people who do belong to his political party think it's not bad meaning they're all acting like they think it's good or bad but that's not what they're talking about they're talking about what's good for me yep and then i'll tell people about it as though i care about the truth so my perspective on i would just say like if i lived here and i was in this fight i would say you know i'm not going to confuse it and act like uh that i'm a moral like i'm doing what's morally correct i'm going to tell you that i generally like people to have places to fish so i'm going to take the side of this that opens up the most fishing for everybody because that's just my groove right and people would be like i'm the kind of guy who likes to have a bunch of stuff for myself and I don't want other people to be able to do stuff. So I'm going to act like uh, I think it's morally bad for you to come on my lake. Yep. Yeah. Like, is anyone surprising? Is there anybody who's like, um, I own all this lake, but by God, I want everybody to come on it. (laughs) Um, Or people being like, man, I love to fish, but it just wouldn't be right for me to fish that lake. Maybe a couple individuals, but you haven't met them. <laughs> no, <laughs> I want to know. Like, no. is there? Do you, a, I mean, do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Is there like a multi generational ranch family out there? Right? Who's like grandpa's? Like, yeah, we grew such and such, ran all these fat cattle on this ground, but one day it's gonna flood. I told my son, and then when my son got it. He's like, yeah, we ran some fat cattle, but then the flood water started to rise just like grandpa said it would. And I told my son, hey, this is what's happening. But one day it's going to dry out. out in the field and the guy blew his toes off out there. <laughs> you know, the old toe pasture. <laughs> uh, but one day that pasture is going to be dry again. And now we're going to be another hundred years down the road, and there's going to be more people in South Dakota, and that land's going to be worth more. Whatever you do, hang on to it. Yep. I don't care how long. I don't care how many walleye are living on it. <laughs> don't let no bureaucrats take the land. <laughs> yeah. The like who's square? Forget all that. Who's squaring off in this? Sportsmen. Yeah. Sportsmen. Are squaring off against landowners or? people representing landowners so sportsmen squaring off against private property interest groups yep exactly and who's generally winning oh i think without a doubt private property now the so so sportsmen are getting locked out now see the private property interest groups or landowners or whoever would argue against that because there hasn't been a whole lot of water shut down. I think we're at like 5,000 acres or something, which it's a lot, but um, you know, percentage-wise, it's not. It's not a lot. Now, I don't, I'm not worried about what's happening right now. I mean, uh-huh. I'm worried about you know, the long term. Yeah. Uh, eventually, 
like you and said, what, what before, happens people when, are losing when access. the non-meandered waters run into the meandered waters? Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah, that we've ran into that issue. So you have a public lake that is public by definition from the state constitution, even through this relatively new amendment, and now it joins up. So they put a fence non, across it. So that non-meandered water then becomes part of the meandered lake. Oh, it, it does? Yeah. yeah. So that becomes fair game. So there's been some lakes that got way there's bigger. Been two this year that were split, non-meandered and meandered at the start of the year and are now meandered. They coupled. They coupled. That had close. So that's a net gain if you're on the pro sportsman side. Right. Here's a good way to think about it. Great point, Cal. Glad you brought it up. Let's think about it like this. Do sportsmen, hunters, and anglers in this neck of the woods here, has their total acreage, you might not know the answer to this, has their acreage that's accessible to them increased or decreased due to the flooding? Total acreage. If you added it all up. I would still say... Before or after the new law? Right now. With the flooding, it's increased. Okay. This but, year. Yeah, this yeah, year. This year, it's increased. This but if year you increased. said before and lakes. after the law, it's still a net decrease. God, I got you. So, so this new round of flooding helped set things straight a little bit. but It, it helped was, a little bit, but it didn't completely yep. offset what changed with the new law. What and I, it's so I'm, interesting, too, because what if you uh, don't consider yourself a... Uh, a uh, fishy kind of sportsman. What if you're more of a upland game type of sportsman? Oh, you know? dude, you're just screwed here. Yeah. Everything's yeah. underwater. Yeah. Pheasants all are all swimming around. <laughs> all the spots you would pheasant hunt are sloughs and full of ducks. They got buoys tied to them. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I worry He's like, about. Don't touch that pheasant. That was on my <laughs> land. <laughs> what I worry about in the long run is just that there's no real precedent set. Because mm-hmm. you have, like, I just can't imagine, you know, on, let's say, the U.S. Supreme Court. I can't imagine where these three types of, or, you know, these three different lakes that are all non-meandered being treated different. I can't imagine how that would hold up as any precedent. That, oh, this one gets special treatment because they fought it in court in, you know, yeah. 1997 or something. But this one didn't fight it in court in 1997 so it gets treated differently but this third one had more sportsmen using it than option two so it gets you know more preferential treatment than option two i just don't understand how that would ever hold up in the long run as any precedent so i'm not worried you know in the short run about our access we've still honestly the law has done its job for both sides and it's hard for me to, you know it's hard for which, me to which say sometimes that. that means that everybody's pissed off right right it's it's allowed you know a lot of landowners the option of closing off land if they choose to but for the sportsmen you know a plus is a lot of landowners haven't wanted to and haven't made a fuss and so yeah but in the long run if you're not comfortable with the way things are left up in the air Things are left up in the air. Do you know There's- my brother has a sign on his property that says trespassers welcome? 
I like that. Yeah, you don't see me in those signs. No. He had to have it custom made. He couldn't find one. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, is the state is the state buying up land that 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 uh, private landowners don't can't Um, use? They're like not allowed to. Um, Oh, I don't. There's like a no net uh, state property. But they're Law leasing or something it. like that. They're leasing it. So oh, yeah. that changed the access. So like one lake, they're leasing the access to for eight thousand dollars a year, and you can only fish it for it's like six months or what is it five, six, seven months? It's it's pretty much yeah. Summertime. Basically, winter you can't fish it. Right, fall and winter you can't fish it. Um, eight thousand a year, and then the landowner sets the fish limits and what they want to be done with the fish biology. No, really? That's curious. What? I I was getting to a spot where, but I mean, no. That's that's, that's European system, man. That is not how we do things in the United States of America. Ain't American. No. No. Man, I mean, I think it's it, it is a raw deal if you have water that the state puts fish into, and then you make up the bag limits. Yeah, yeah, it's goofy. But it's like a new lake, and the it's thing like is, is, I'm it's, like, it's, if your initials <laughs> are SR, there is no limit. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. But if there are C. Yeah, lake to lake. Some- every lake is like, not every lake. Every lake that the state leases is on a case by case basis. It's like you can imagine a golf course, and somebody just makes a lake in the middle of their private p- property, and they can just do whatever they want with it. Nobody would freak out about that. It's not really true, man, because it depends. Like, if you have a private lake, you're not exempt from fishery laws. Oh. You know what I'm saying? You don't like, you could own all around a lake. Like, you could just stock a bunch. I mean, it, it, well, you it, can't put a bunch of northern oh. snakehead in there. Goldfish? No. No. Okay. The, there's, a lot, there, so. there's a lot. There's a lot. There's, there's, permitting, there's permitting processes for all this. Right. Even if you just have like a little yeah, lake. It's different. You, you don't oh, okay. set. But you then, don't, like, if you own a farm, okay? Yeah. You, you own a big farm. You don't say you don't set the deer season and set the bag limit for deer on your farm, right? The state does because the state's wildlife. You're just hosting it, right? But like, if you put a bunch of goldfish in your pond in the middle of your little private, like, can be illegal in your yard. There, has, you have to. Well, let's my brother, take, uh, for instance, take the state of South Dakota, for instance. Yeah, <laughs> and all of a sudden, your little private pond grows exponentially <laughs> and connects to and subsumes 10 other ponds <laughs> and then your goldfish for some reason didn't read the property boundaries on the plat map yeah. and connected themselves yeah you got it all full of mermaids now, all mermaids sudden, now you filled the meandered lake with goldfish mm-hmm. yeah. yeah which but I mean the, the state wasn't they didn't, for a long time didn't care about invasives right mm-hmm. they just stocked all sorts of stuff do you yeah. know about our uh do you know about our controversial uh, t-shirt coming out no you know we had the t-shirt of a gnome we had the gnome packing out a unicorn t-shirt yes was aware yeah very popular <laughs> shirt 
Uh, it's a gnome. We got more coming out. Sold them, uh, sold out of them. Oh, we sold them out and sold them out and sold them out again. And then they went off. Now they're coming back for the holidays. It's a gnome with his bow, and he's got a decapitated unicorn. He's got a unicorn head, like a unicorn cape, strapped to his backpack. Well, we got one coming out now. It's the same gnome. He's a recurring character, and he's on his boat. It's a crazy little gnome boat, and he's tied in with his crazy little gnome rod, like a level wine gnome rod. And what he's hooked into is a mermaid. He's fighting a mermaid. Yeah. Circle hook? Don't know. Can't see the hook. <laughs> you can see her, but you can't see the hook. She's lip hooked. Oh, man. But you can't see her lips. It's quarter of the mouth? or Can't see her face. Okay. But the, line, the direction of the line suggests that she's lip hooked. Sure. Uh, she's your one over for the day, though. People have found that some people, <laughs> we, people who've gotten a sneak peek at this and, and have seen this or seen it on social media, uh, it's generated some controversy. Like people are suggest, some people are like, "Oh, you're saying um, it's okay to eat mermaids, mermaids," or some people feel that it has a sexual connotation, which makes me wonder what they do with fish they catch. <laughs> <laughs> but. But, uh, yeah, it's a controversial T-shirt. Even within our company, there's been some people who've tried to, tried to censor the shirt. So that'll probably make it more popular. Yeah, because they're like, uh, yep. it's a make-believe creature catching a make-believe creature, but it's somehow someone... Yeah, but like a human can dress up as a mermaid pretty easily. Yeah. Versus a unicorn is a little harder. Ridge Pounder felt that it should be someone scaling a mermaid's tail. <laughs> the, the, gnome, the gnome is scaling its tail which i didn't think was yeah. great but i okay i think it's a courtship ritual between gnomes and mermaids that's how they courtship that's how they court what's the creature created from a gnome and a mermaid it's not it, it, it's uh it's, a, it's not viable not, offspring. it's not a viable offspring yeah. sure it's like a it's like a, it's a no harm, like a no mule. foul. It's a real good at packing out elk. It's like a mule. Yeah, sure. I don't. I don't think I have a judgment on it. It's a weird shirt. It's a great shirt. It's the best shirt ever made. Your favorite? Best shirt ever made. Really? Thinking about having it printed. Get this on baby blue because I feel like that baby <laughs> blue offsets some of the impending violence. Hmm. Soft. Yeah. yeah. If you wouldn't put it on a camo shirt. I mean, if the mermaid was catching the gnome. <laughs> too aggressive. Abrasive. I like that. I like the mermaid catching the gnome, but Maybe uh, have two the gnome doesn't live underwater. Well, the mermaid's drowning the gnome. Maybe she's like coming up out of one of those little backyard waterfall ponds. She's in there, comes up, Grab grabbing him. the yard gnome. Yeah. Pulling it oh, in, drowning it. It's not a yard gnome. Oh, okay. Oh, so it's like an gnome. elf gnome. It's a hunting gnome. gnome. All right. Yeah, not well, yard if, that happen, if that happens, then we can't come out with another T-shirt of the gnome. No, yeah, just stops there. The third gnome shirt so, is in the works. Nice. So you got another design, the follow-up to the, the the follow-up is in. The and it involves the gnome and another mythic creature, also caught in a violent act. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I only bring that up because I was talking about you having mermaids stocked in your pond, and they all get away and get into the into the meander. <laughs> into the deal. Yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> here's why I think this is relevant, even to people that aren't in South Dakota. One, you just never know. 
Driving around here, Cal has remarked three or four times in our, in our last two uh, great days of duck hunting and one day of walleye fishing um, that, man, you think you're going to tell old my nature how it goes? And you can now and then a little bit, but you think you're going to tell my nature what's up? Or you like picture that the earth is away, but that's a field. Yeah. Yeah, you. Then all of a sudden she's like, ah, ha. <laughs> it's not. It's lake. Yeah, and, and on t- time scales. Surprise. This, this is so fast <laughs> that it's a time scale that we can actually understand. Like, we obviously know things used to be oceans or seas. Mermaids like, swimming around everywhere. Or, yeah, whatever. Yeah. We, like, hear these things, geological history. But this is, like, so fast that you're like, oh, like, five years ago, there was no lake, and now it's a 25-foot <laughs> deep lake. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about people that are sitting at the bar that remember yes. when there was no water exactly so it's or you're trying to find follow your gps yeah. system and it's just you're like an out of towner with a rental vehicle and you're following your gps system <laughs> and it keeps wanting you to drive through a lake <laughs> yeah yeah uh there's two lines from john mcphee's pulitzer prize winning uh book annals of the former world which is like a geological history book there's two lines that i think of hanging around here where you're like, man, it changed so much. But one is this one line from McPhee's book is that the top of Mount Everest, the highest thing in the world, in our world, the top of Mount Everest is Marine limestone. Wow. The other thing is this, is that if you imagine the earth's history as your arms stretched out. So it's a line, a number, like a line. You imagine it's history expressed by your arms being stretched out wide. He explains that you could remove the entirety of human history with one stroke of a nail file. And so... Yeah. Oh, there goes that part of the Earth's history. No. Off the number line. So when you think about all that, you're like, yeah, man. Of, of course. course. Yeah. Yeah. Of so like, no shit. Full of <laughs> like, no shit. It's a lake now. Yeah. yeah. Like, of course. That mountain that's 20, how, how, 29,000. Yeah. That used to be the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Well, just northeast of here. Lake Agassiz, you know, used to cover states. Monster Lake. Yeah. Yeah. You talking about the, the big lake that used to have all the dinosaurs wandering around on the edge of it? Yeah. 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 So, but the rapidity, it's so fast. It's, yeah. it's fast Pretty, enough yeah. that it, it makes sense in our, we're not very good at long-term things, like all that stuff. We can kind of imagine it on some arm-length metaphor. But it's fast enough that you're like, huh, I used to be able to drive down this road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, affects yeah. your daily life. Yeah, like, when I was on my prom date. <laughs> yeah, like, just a little bit ago, this was a county road. And Yeah. You, you feel, uh, Rick Rick has commented a number of times that it's like, welcome to the Anthropocene. It's, it's I mean, one, it's a super visual of, like, an apocalyptic. Tell people what the Anthropocene is. Just, like, the human 
human age where we are sort of affecting the earth on a global yeah we had the pleistocene yep. the ice age the holocene which we're in now but some people feel the holocene was cut short by the anthropocene meaning man yeah the, became we, the driving factor driving. of the driving global factor yeah unlike a geolo- geological uh there were the geological ep- epic yeah, now epic yeah. driver and in this in this case, you know, irrespective of what's causing the increased rainfall, you just it feels apocalyptic in some ways. You know, to see barns underwater, barns underwater, it feels like a like a roads that go nowhere horror movie kind of yeah. thing. Like there's just I'm not getting a horror vibe off. No it. horror. Yeah, there's just like whole buildings that are just like in a like flood. Yeah, I'm not getting a horror vibe. Yeah, we saw today. We saw a house that like looked fairly new. Yeah, fairly new. That like, had water. Like the waves were hitting the side of the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little A-frame. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We were wondering if that dude's still living in there or not. No, and then there's like sandbags. Close the got, door. He's got, <laughs> his, he's got his muck boots on. No, but then and it's watching the Packers. And, you know, game. It, dep- <laughs> it depends who you are. If you're a if you're a farmer and your field is underwater, it's like you can't harvest. It's like a loss on the year or whatever. But if you're... Oh, horror movie like that kind of horror movie. Just a, I see lots of horrors. Yeah, but I feel like I could set like some spooky supernatural situation. Oh. In here. Yeah, I don't know. But outside of the movie deal, uh, it's just like depending on who you are, it's either like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. Like the duck hunting aided by yeah. all these... All this water is like increased habitat. The ducks seem super happy, thrilled, thrilled about. <laughs> oh the yeah, whole walleye are thrilled. Yeah. Oh yeah. So there's These like guys... winners and losers in whatever change happens, and and as things whatever change in the environment, there's there's winners and losers. These guys, what I really love is uh, that you guys have been catching walleye. Um, bouncing jigs down the road. Oh yeah, that Structure. is truthfully, <laughs> in- <laughs> like you're catching walleye off blacktop roads in April and May. There is absolutely not a chance there's any better spot to catch walleye than a road, flat out. Everyone so you walk, you go down the, the road. The road vanishes under a lake. You park. You put on your waders and you keep walking down the road, casting. You wait till you're just at that point where your elbows would start to get wet. Don't go any farther, and then start casting the ditches into the ditch. Yeah, cast the ditch, work up along it. Oh, white plastics. Catch <laughs> one, <order. laughs> catch one. Hook it to a stringer. Hook to your waders. Yep. Yeah, white plastics in the ditches. Only one over twenty. Yeah, I wonder if they'll be saying that about Miami. Like, wow, amazing structure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, people are like, people are getting like mahi mahi. I used to uh, go to this coffee shop, but now I'm so happy because there's these giant fish. That, yeah. 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 Where'd, you get, where'd you get that grouper? Remember that old hotel? <laughs> you know the stone crab place? Um no, it's really uh, terrible. Oh, it's so weird it's, to be here, man. And I, mean, I, I keep trying to... Here's the problem I keep running into. As a human being, I keep running into this problem, is that I'll look around in some part, like, 
I, I look around, I look at all the ducks here and everything, and all the fish, and some part of me is, um, I don't think, I don't want to say it's a bad part of me, but some part of me is like, not horrified. Like, kind of like, good, nature won this deal. Well, or just some, some sort of, like, I, I don't know, like, just be, like, being so, like, blown away by it. Right and the, mm-hmm. all the all the ducks. If you were looking at an absence of wildlife, it'd be different. But you're looking, and it's like it's like stuff using it. We've so, seen huge white tails, yeah. giant salamanders, but then waterfowl everywhere. I forced myself to be like, but there are people who are losing their uh, not losing their lives, but losing their livelihoods. Yeah. So I'm like, man, this is amazing. But remember. But it's always the, the first thought I always have is like, wow. Then I got to go, but don't feel too good because look what this means for people. Yeah. But it's been like confusing for me because I'm an outsider too. And when you're an outsider, you don't, um, your empathy is a little bit tougher because you just don't know the people impacted. Right. When like, you live here and you know the players, you know, maybe you get to where you look at it and it just all looks like disaster. But to be an outsider, um, to be an outsider, here for the purpose of hunting ducks here for the purpose of fishing you look and ducks and fish like water you're looking like man this is like a wildlife paradise yeah and you go like but you're kind of an asshole for saying that because this is people's livelihoods yeah yeah how many times this morning tons and tons and thousands and thousands and thousands of tons of food gone to waste yeah how many times this morning were we sitting there look out over that flooded bean field and you know the cloud gets up and we all go wow look at all those ducks and in that moment you're like you're so excited about that cloud of ducks but you realize they just came out of a hundred acres of flooded crop that is not going to be harvestable yeah yeah and cost a lot of money to put in a ton of money Yeah. yeah i made i made the comment about um when you look at this giant field fields of corn and fields and you know it might dry out and they get the corn used for silage or whatever but you're looking at all this but a lot of it will just get disked into the ground yeah um you look at all that and you imagine just like the the the, the grain trucks and grain cars and you think about the way like i'll yell at my kids about not finishing the cob of corn <laughs> <laughs> they'll do the tight they'll do like three typewriter rolls off cob of corn they'll be done and i'll be like no no no, take that last don't waste that food shouldn't waste food you know, yeah. you get annoyed at them. They got half a cob of corn. They didn't eat a quarter of that. And you're pissed. And you look at that cornfield and you're like, oh, man. Yeah. Do you imagine scraping that into the trash? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh it's, it's been so interesting being here, man. All that tofu gone to waste at the Bozeman yeah. Co-op. Shooting ducks <laughs> over wasted tofu. Tofu <laughs> uh, fed ducks. Yeah, but I don't think that they would. This soy wouldn't wind up there because this is an organic soybeans, no. you know? No. Do they make a non-organic tofu? I bet someone does. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I would imagine a lot. Yeah. But if you talk about eating ducks, you talk about them being organic, you got another thing coming, man. Especially in this area. No. <laughs> these are not organic ducks. No. Like you said, there's probably not a non-GMO duck in the country. Yeah. If you killed a duck of the year up in Alaska. Right. But once that thing hits the, once that thing spends a few months in lower forty-eight, it's probably little chance that he didn't at some point in time wind up. No, at some point in time wind up eating, eating GMO. 
Yeah. G- GMO products with pesticides and herbicides. And and how many ducks did we eat last night? <laughs> nine. At least one apiece. Nine, ten of them. I I no, we ate more than nine or ten of them. No. Yeah. And I I mean, I didn't hear anybody complain about oh, a single bite. <laughs> oh, and man, I had they were good. So two good. big duck breasts and legs, yeah. and man, they were absolutely <laughs> delicious. Oh, man. did we clean our walleyes yet? No, not yet. Ah, man. Yeah. All I mean, right. We can just ice those things for tonight. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I think it is a fascinating thought of like how we impose order over the landscape, right? We got this area that's been in flux for thousands of years. I mean, where we are right now is how it is because of, you know, this giant glacier that sat over the top of this place yeah we used to be under a half mile of ice <laughs> so yeah. think about that we're doing real good yeah <laughs> compared to that yeah, that well, was shit for ducks that's back prog- yeah. that seems like <laughs> progress right and uh and then we lay out this incredible grid system of fences these neat tidy rows of crops all running at right angles all gps mapped these roads County roads, highways, interstates, all running neat, tidy squares, rectangles. And then it just fills up with water and eliminates that stuff. Yeah. I mean, We're like, there will be order. Right. And it's like, and well, like, yeah. There will not be order. Yeah. Just wait a bit. Maybe we'll come back, you know, and it will come back. And 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 it's just, it's fascinating to try to wrap your head around that. And then the fact that... You know, what we've been talking about is it is because of that change that this area, you know, has been so good to us wildlife-wise. And you got to think, like, if this water continues to rise just a little bit more, nobody can get in those fields. All that vegetation lays over. You get a big ice cap on it this winter. That vegetation dies, nukes all the oxygen underneath Right? So mm-hmm. you just have this giant layer of decay. All that food is gone. Like, this area is not going to get a bunch of ducks back in it. Hmm. Right? Not not like we're seeing right now. What? Well, yeah. One thing they were saying is if it doesn't get picked, it'll get dissed in. If it dries out in spring, it'll get dissed yeah, if, in. Like, if that corn doesn't, like like you were saying, if it doesn't lay over and all that, but if it's if it's standing but rotten... It'll all get disked in, and then there's a lot of corn sitting there for those ducks. But if it stays underwater, but what's a what's right. a what's a wet right. spring look like? Right, can't right. get in the field. But yeah, you know, it's like know. it's not just because. Let's say you're just like so pro duck, you're like yeah, screw the houses and the ranches, <laughs> like yeah. let it let it just go back to wildlife. It's not going to be like it is right now. Oh, no, 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 no. no. no like, it's, there's no sense of permanence. And you guys brought right? up an interesting point as we've been driving around discussing this is uh, Dan and Sean have been saying, like, a wetland is a thing that goes dry. Yeah. Like, when we talk about <laughs> wetlands, we're talking about things that are intermittent. Yeah, by nature, they're temporary. That's what, they're, yeah. that's what their yeah. whole purpose is. They get wet and dry out, get wet and dry out, and it makes them rich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes them not stagnant mud, you know, stagnant silt on the bottom. Gives them that richness. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, yeah, it's like same sense of permanence, right? It's like, well, it's a wetland. Well, God, now it's dry. Is it still a wetland? And the guy who put in his fence in his house down here? <laughs> yeah. Sense of permanence. Right? I mean, it's just a, it's right. an amazing thing to try to wrap your head around. It yeah. wasn't a wetland 10 years ago, so it's not a wetland. Well, there's water sitting there now with grass growing and all sorts of wildlife. You had a wetland hiding in plain sight. Yep. I, yeah. I, I and a bunch of, of kids yeah. dumped a bucket of walleye in there. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, it's not, it sounds like a bad thing, but I like the indifference of nature. It doesn't care what you really want or how it all fits the puzzle. Just, ha- it just, kind of does its thing irrespective of mm-hmm. of uh, any end goal. Like yeah, Cal, Cal talked about that in Cal's Week in Review. When the hailstorm killed how many ducks? Oh, gosh. Uh, oh, that was in Montana, right? Yeah. yeah. Thousands. Yeah, 10,000, I think. Yeah, that was down like on the tongue. Yeah, big-ass yeah. hail balls killed oh, yeah. Yeah. thousands of ducks. But the way it was covered in the news. It was like the end of Mother all Mother Nature <laughs> slaughters. <laughs> Mother Nature heartlessly. Right. And, and he's I like, it's just hail. It's, it's just hail. hail. It's just hail and it's gravity. <laughs> there was and, no motivation. The yeah, there was, yeah, there was no you. like motivation. No, there's no motivation or end. Like she nature's was a, trying to reclaim what it originally, you know, like. Mother Nature's like, natural you son of a bitch and ducks. No, it's, yeah, it's just like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I smite thee. Yeah, there's no. Yeah. Yeah. And the game warden's like, on the report, was like, um, uh, guys the, with a the lake's pretty full now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All the hail melted. That was last week, yeah, and it was a bitch. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of ducks made it through it, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting in, you know, a year, two years from now to see what this area looks like. Because two years ago, if you'd told me this area, would have two foot of water and all the corn and beans and thousands, you know, of ducks. thousands and thousands of ducks. This whole area two years ago was in a drought. And that's what's crazy too. And so man, it's Yeah, you're saying there was no water within twenty miles and there's no ducks. Yeah, there was no ducks. Yeah, this time of year you should look off in the all in the horizon and see uh dust from combines. Right. Yeah. If you look off on the horizon you see Ducks. Clouds, of ducks. clouds of ducks. Right. ducks. It's apocalyptic. Yeah. It's a duck apocalypse. <laughs> and a year yeah. from now, you could be right back to dust. dust. No standing water, none of that. Yeah. No. It's just the nature of it. Well, Sean, give us your concluders and tell people uh tell people about this the work you do. Um you film yes. a show. Yep. I uh film a bunch of stuff but dreamweaver creative yeah, G- dreamweaver creative that's Dream my uh, weaver. <laughs> <laughs> that is how the business got its name is that song is that right yeah that was my nickname growing up oh yeah so Sister <laughs> <Christian>. <laughs> <laughs> hey uh seth that's a good tape what tape is that it was out of the med kit it's know. a great medical tape man 29 and a half inch walleye cutting up your thumb no that's my other cut oh that's from a pair of ice grips. <laughs> that's from Tang. That's, sure? that's from wrestling the 29 inch walleye's teeth. Um, yeah. So yeah. tell about the show you film. Uh, Dreamweaver Creatives, my production business, and we film a waterfowl show called The Grind and uh, travel yeah. all over chasing ducks. And it's, uh, 
man, it's been super cool. Got to meet a lot of cool people across the country and see something we didn't really talk about. But um, I love just learning duck behavior, learning the little different things they do in different areas. You know, yeah, you, you know it to, pretty well. I've been impressed. You can go to Nebraska and see them when it snows a foot. They'll just be in winter wheat because that's what they do there. But they wouldn't do that in South Dakota, you know. And um, I don't know. Went on my first duck hunt when I was nine, and just been hooked since. And to the point I'm <laughs> traveling, chasing them for a living. Yeah. So you learn a lot, man. Yeah, yeah. It was it was fun to. We're not it's done been a lot yet. of fun. Yeah, be, yeah, it's been, it's fun been a lot of fun out. so far. Learned a lot. Still got some more of those fat teal to stack up. Oh yeah, that's my concluder. Butter balls. Kel's by saying he's got more teal to stack up. We uh, processed a few teal today um, that looked like it was disproportionate in the amount of meat to lard. It looked like a uh, like a large serving spoonful of red meat wrapped in snow cap lard. Yeah. Mm. When you breasted that teal out with the skin still on. Man, those things it. are fast, man. Oh, <laughs> Dude, they come in so low and so fast and so zigzaggy. I have swung on, I think, four groups of teal and have not squeezed the trigger nope. one time because each time thing. I was like, I'm just a little seven feet behind that one. So. <laughs> yeah, I've pulled up on a bunch, thought about pulling up on more. I have not touched a round off on a teal yet. <laughs> I killed a Drake Mallard that came in with some teal. That was cool. Because they all came cool. through and blew my hat off the top of my head almost. <laughs> and also I realized there was a mallard like, meh. <laughs> Being like, ah, 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 hang on, wait up. <laughs> uh, no, uh, yeah, boy, Dan and Sean, thank you guys so, so much for, uh, man, helping us out. And, yeah, you guys rolled, and, out, rolled and out the red carpet. Being man. excellent hosts and, um, you know, teaching us a lot or teaching me a lot. Um, you know, walleye are um, climbing the chart as far as respectable fish go. That's for sure. <laughs> after this evening, yeah, because you started out the evening anti walleye. Yeah, I mean, honestly, pretty anti walleye. I, I was like, the only good way to catch these things is trying to free dive for them with a spear. Um, and uh, these ones tonight, they actually like hit your uh, your lure, your your jig. And um, instead of just licking it, and they kind of tugged a little bit. That was cool. Oh, no, they were tussling. Yeah, they were tusslers. Yeah, um, good eating to boot. So, so that was that was cool, man. And it's just, yeah, man, so much fun to be down here. And um, yeah, you guys live in a sportsman's paradise, man. Yeah, sure. and back in like a duck camp again. Yeah, and uh, looking at the little the social scene around here is pretty fun. So. Sports yeah. We were happy to have you guys. It was a blast. It's if people been a like blast. hunting and fishing, I'd yet. move here, man. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Oh, South Dakota, man. Holy yeah. cow. We screwed ourselves by 
give them the Bozeman. And here I am wanting to move to Montana. <laughs> and all the days you guys I were like, no, 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 no. Dude, I wouldn't move. My, I'd move here, man. Yeah. yeah. You don't have enough there. toes for those mountains, Dan. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, you yeah. Enough, right? yeah, you need to live in flat land with all the to- missing toes. <laughs> yeah. So what do, what do you got, Dan? You got any final thoughts you wanted to wedge in there? I guess I uh, want to end on a local proverb. That'd be... Please. Uh, Whiskey's for drinking and water's for fighting. That's not local. <laughs> it's used a lot locally. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. I bet, yeah. You got to salt the cow if you want to catch the calf. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. That ain't local either. Damn right. Yeah. Too thick to drink, too thin to plow. <laughs> Rick? Uh, I don't know if I have a good concluder. Out you like boner and sweatpants. If you want to catch the calf, Rick. I have a good one. Lauren told me that, but I cannot say it on this program. Oh, please don't then. Salt the cow if you want to catch the calf, Rick. Uh, season eight is out. Uh, oh yeah, it's out on Netflix. Yeah, it won't. It won't. Uh, this won't come out. It's, it'll. People still out. go watch yeah, and go leave watch it on, it. so it seems like they're watching it a bunch of times in a row. Yeah, that. I, it's hard to film these shows. Maybe unsubscribe <laughs> from Netflix and yeah. then Wait take a, week. a minute. Wait resubscribe yeah, resub- and then just why then leave the show on and it'll look like you got sick of it and quit and then this show came out and you went back and got it again i think that's probably how a lot of the viewers feel they like it that much yep that's a great idea cal yeah and then make sure to leave it on so it just seems like you can't get it's enough re- yeah. two weeks straight you got, no, you got nothing no that's how old do you know 39 hmm. gross I know. 39 year old man. Almost, almost 40. 39. Yeah, but, yeah. 39 year old man. Oh, my, my my real concluder is you walk extremely fast in uh, in uh, deep water. Yeah, it's a different kind of walk. I know. You can't walk like you normally walk. I, I wasn't walking like I normally walk, but I just. You know what it is? You drive your knees forward. No. Well, once you told me that it's because you were a musk rat. You know, we come full circle to the rat fishing, trap. muskrat trapping. Oh, yeah, muskrat yeah. trapping. You learn so, to walk. So, just I mean, I was driving my knees forward, they just don't drive forward as fast as you were. Did right. you watch me, uh, bird dog that crippled mallard today out in the uh, grass strip? I no. watched you out there. Oh, that was an amazing fast? retrieve. That's yeah. a good retrieve. Well, you look like he was dancing. Way, I gotta practice that because looked like he was dancing out there in the water, keeping up, keeping up on our somehow duck hunting. You made duck hunting up active. <laughs> <laughs> That's my yeah. yeah i followed steve for like two hours walking through the, i yeah i didn't realize you duck hunting by walking around but <laughs> you don't we were doing a little we were doing a little loop yeah of course of course we were <laughs> had to get the ducks up <laughs> seth uh no concluder just awesome here yeah just sportsman's paradise your right eye is bloodshot seth it's almost midnight. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to bed. That's my concluder. I can't control my eyes. It's almost midnight. All right, let's go ice our walleyes. Yep. Guys, thanks so much, man. Yeah, thank you. We're going to come back and hunt turkeys. I'm going to come back again and hunt something else. And you're going to do fish. some ice fishing. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to come back and ice fish. Yep. Then I'll come hunt something else. Yep. I only hunt whitetails. Sounds like we've got a couple. There's no whitetails up here. Dude, we saw just the ones that stand out. We saw a buck of a lifetime driving, like crossing the road. Buck of a lifetime. You mean big body, not no No, huge antler. And I turned to Sean and I said, "Now that would be 
like regarded as a shooter hereabouts, right? And he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was yeah, like, okay, I just want to make sure we're all on the same Big page. Giant buck. Big giant <laughs> yeah. A 200-pounder. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without your essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. Man, I was just in Hawaii and I had my Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie with me. And here's the deal. We're in and out of the water all the time, getting in to go spearfishing, getting out, taking the kids to the beach. I'm not going to mess around all day putting sunscreen on and having to get washed off. I just run a hoodie. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Telling you what, Decked is a game changer. Decked has completely changed how I load, organize my truck. All my stuff that I want is always in there, out of my way, and secure. It's perfect. If you own a pickup truck that you use, you know, like a truck, the decked drawer system gives you weatherproof storage for all your gear. You can lock it up, too. You keep your tools and gear organized, job site or out in the field. Go to deck.com slash meat eater to receive free shipping. Go to decked.com slash meat eater and get yourself some free shipping.